0: And on June 14, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. We will launch a new age.
1: I am the chosen one.
2: I am delivering. We will move the American embassy to the eternal capital of the Jewish people, Jerusalem. Iran's leaders routinely call... For Israel's destruction, not with Donald J. Trump. Believe me.
0: They love killing. It is
2: time to officially recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. While previous presidents have made this a major campaign promise, they failed to deliver. Today, I I am am. delivering. I broke my Bible. Hey
1: everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry Radio and Razzle Dazzle, I'm your best buddy Basil, and you are not crazy. And my name
2: is Gans, welcome to episode number 175
1: 175, we're doing pretty good this year, Gans
2: Yeah, it was 156, that's episode 156 uh, When we had Donnie Darkened on False Light with Donnie Darkened a few months ago And Basil, you missed out on that conversation, so glad you're here today Because we have Donnie Darkened back What's up, Donnie
0: Darkened? Hey, thanks for having me on it's
1: nice to uh, a get a chance to sit and chat with you missed it last time bummed about that Uh, I have no idea what I was doing but I'm sure it was very important Uh, but second of all it's nice to meet a fellow anonymous person on the internet we're a rare breed bro (laughs) yeah I know and especially uh, you know with such an important message right Exactly. Exactly. You know, there was uh, somebody sent me something, I don't really sort of hold this very tightly as part of my own worldview necessarily, but I, I like the sentiment. Somebody sent me the Wikipedia page for, I think it was called like Jester's Rights or something, which was about, hey, you dress up a silly little guy in a silly little hat and he can say whatever he wants. And uh, you know, because nobody's going to take him seriously, I, as someone who has been repeatedly called a clown uh, for wearing, you know, googly eyes and a VR headset uh, on my podcasts, various podcasts, uh, I think there's a power in anonymity that uh, that a lot of people don't really take, I think, fully seriously, but especially in this day and age where. You know, it's so difficult to keep anything to yourself, keep anything from the system to, to uh, continue to operate that way. I mean, it's so easy. You can start out anonymous, but then eventually you're gonna have to, or uh, the the pattern has been that you work up a bunch of, you know, uh, what's the word, a bunch of hype. Uh, about your anonymity. And then you do a face reveal and everybody goes, Oh my gosh, face (laughs) reveal. And then I don't know what happens after that. Maybe you become uh, an FBI agent or something. It's very, uh, we were talking before the show and uh, for some reason I had got totally psyoped, Donnie, totally psyoped into thinking that you were sort of a Chris Farley looking character. (laughs) I have no idea where this came from. No idea why I thought this, but that was just what was in my head. And I'm happy to <laughs> learn I'm not gonna give too much away, but uh, happy to learn that you have done such a great job of protecting your identity that uh, I had it pretty wrong. pretty wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was I was tell I was just telling uh, before the show started, uh, most people probably, yeah. You know, they think I'm like either like a, like a scrawny, skinny white dude, or I
1: guess in your case, a, a fat white dude down by but the I'm river, a, but,
0: but I'm actually, but I'm actually a jacked black guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. And whether or not that's even true, like that's the beauty of it. Who knows? But, uh. <laughs> There you go, folks. We're talking to a jacked black guy on the show. We're happy to have you here. A little bit of diversity finally, because Gonz is Asian and apparently counts as white. So now we've uh, we really get our ESG score bonus, and I'm happy to uh, make progress for society here.
2: Yeah, not the first jacked black guy either. We had Byron on a few years ago. Another We're jacked very black guy. Yeah, we yeah. apparently you have to be jacked if you're black and going to be on the show or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Donnie, um, so, you know, you've been on X and evangelizing and, you know, I see you respond to so many people that are, there is, you can call it an awakening of some sort taking place. People realizing that the system is rigged or that they don't trust their governments or the authorities. And this has been happening for a few years now. And my sentiment in the last year maybe two years really it's been developing but really the last six months to a year it's it's gotten pretty intense from my end which is the 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 thinking that in order to create a counterculture movement you have to create an enemy and it seemed like the entire Obama administration and the rise of progressivism leftism liberalism and doing it in a way that is uh, resembles a type of fascism, especially like a technological fascism where they're censoring stuff on social media and things of that nature. It creates the counterculture. And the example I always use is, you know, to start telling people that there's more than two genders, have it trickle into the sciences, have it trickle into influential people uh, in politics and everything else. It becomes a, a dividing issue and and people are afraid to speak up because they'll lose their jobs or whatever it is. But then you create these cultural heroes who state the absolute obvious. There are only two genders. And then all of a sudden they get millions of followers and they have this rise to prominence in the sort of alternative media world, which we've been calling the alt media industrial complex at least a year, maybe, maybe more than that, uh, that specific term. I think we've been talking about that issue for a while, but you know to put a name on it and to put some some talking heads to it as well, because it seems like something that is uh, a little bit nebulous. Not everybody is aware of this type of thing. But it, it, before we get into the Trump stuff and the Antichrist stuff, what has been your your observation on this whole rise and awakening and that sort of thing as it pertains to uh, the stuff you talk about?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's, it's really interesting. Um, so I started off my uh truther i guess you could say journey at the young age of 15 years old when i started when i watched uh, the movie zeitgeist oh, yeah. and it's really and it's really interesting how you know now that i look back uh, it, it was almost sort of uh, you know something that i that just flew over my head was the fact that you know there were three major topics talked about in the movie. Number 1 was 9/11 and the government conspiracy. Number 2 was is the financial system. And number 3 was Christianity and the Bible. Yeah. And how and and this idea that you know Christianity, you know uh, and the Bible Are you know a major component or tool by the elites of control and manipulation? And you know at the time, you know I, I hadn't really thought too much of it, but I continued down going down this rabbit hole, right? And you know the further further down you go, the you know the more that you come to this, I guess you could say, awakening that you know every you know everything's a lie, you know that we've been lied to, and. You know, it, it wasn't really until very recently that I saw how the conspiracy truth or rabbit hole is really a gnostic pipeline into the mystery school teachings and eventual uh, culmination of the serpent's lie onto humanity. And you know, it, this this can sound a bit confusing when when you know you first hear it, and. When you think about the conspiracy truther movement, you know, yeah, there are uh, many uh, prophetically minded Christians in it, but overall, it is not a Christian movement. Overall, it is uh, it is a New Age phenomenon. It is you know a phenomenon that is uh, perpetuated by the New Age. Yeah, and you know, as I as I said in in a post a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I said that, you know, it's becoming more and more clear to me that the new age is has revealed itself as the spiritual arm of a satanic agenda seeking to imitate the revelation of Christ. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's look at the word revelation itself, which signifies an unveiling, right? So in the Bible, revelation pertains to the lifting of the veil in Christ, who dispels the darkness of the world and is unveiled as the king of kings. So in a deceptive imitation, Satan is orchestrating his own counterfeit unveiling just prior to Christ's second coming. And what he's done actually is very brilliant. And I see now why most of the world will be deceived. Um, now, what he's done is he's cunningly misled countless of well-meaning people with uh, the conspiracy narrative and the Great Awakening, which are rising more and more. You know, there's a saying, you know, conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, are, are, are being proven right about everything, you know, and uh, it's true. You know, uh, you know, as time has progressed forward, uh, forward, you know, the things that conspiracy theorists were saying ten years ago are like common knowledge. Like, you know, things about the deep state. You know, ten years ago, you know, you talked about the deep state or the, the, you know, the globalist deep state. You know, you'd be labeled as a conspiracy theorist. Now we hear it about it on Fox News. You know, now we hear it about it on on Jesse Waters (laughs) about the the deep state. Right. So, what Satan has done is very brilliant and he, and he's misled he's misleading people leading us to think that humanity is slowly uncovering his new world order plot which is falsely presented as his ultimate goal of worldwide subjugation and enslavement but if concealing this scheme was his was satan's aim well, he seems to be very unsuccessful at it, right? I mean, as evidenced by the rapidly increasing rate at which the supplo- the supposed plans of the Illuminati are being exposed, not only by critics and whistleblowers, but by the elite members themselves, right? Yeah. And, you know, this situation raises the possibility that the so-called global domination plans of Big Brother... Are actually a deliberate diversion. They're a exactly. clever misdirection, <clears throat> intentionally revealed for misleading purposes, to further a more expansive and deceptive agenda.
1: Bro, what you're saying makes more sense than anything. You look around at the sort of agenda being pushed. You know, n- name whatever it is the the eco agenda, the the uh, sexual identity thing the whatever climate change it, it's come to the point where the erroneous nature of every single thing that they are pushing uh, is so blatant and so obvious mm-hmm. that it it seems like a a manufactured sort of uh I don't know ball of nonsense precisely for the purpose of, you know, we, we talk about it like, oh, they're just making everything upside down. It's clown world and they're wrong and we can see the light. But that's like part, that's a perfect part of the scheme to make an alternative that is so ridiculous that at the center of everyone's brain, they know that it's, it has no basis in reality. Make it so obvious. Again, the sort of idea of the big lie, you know, make such a big lie and repeat it so often. That you just sort of are forced to uh, either you're forced to take a side. Really, you're either forced to say, okay, you're right, and join the you know the clown brigade, or you have to uh, revolt, <laughs> sort of ideologically. There's only Ooh. two options. There's not a middle. And so there's this perfectly crafted situation where you know the majority. I believe it is the majority of people like. By the numbers, maybe not uh, the most influential people, maybe, but by the numbers, the majority of people in this country, probably the world, are just like, no, that is insane. It's they're asking us to believe total, absolute nonsense, and it's very, it's been very effective at sort of uh, maybe not radicalizing, but activating people into this sort of counterculture, this the, the great awakening. And what's blowing my mind is there is an assumption there's like, especially believers, we want to, we desire that our sort of counterculture influencers believe in God. That's sort of important for believers. And like you said, the the sort of new aginess has been able to sort of take advantage of that in very vague and subtle ways. I mean, not to mention Q being like the most new age thing possible, but even like uh, AJ, AJ, just t- today, I, today or yesterday came out with a video where he's like, yeah, and you know, p- things are happening and the God of the universe is in control. And then he says, the God of consciousness is in control. <laughs> and look, I've been a Christian my whole life. God is the God of everything. He is also the God of consciousness, but that's very obviously a term, uh, sort of trying to appeal to the new agey type of um, type of person or, you know, b- execute sort of a slow fade to those who might be a little bit more biblically minded in their ideas of God uh, to sort of transition into a little bit more of a new age acceptance or, or tolerance or something like that. So even the uh, the Guys, at the top of the alt-media industrial complex, maybe the the face of alt-media industry uh, in the history of humanity, uh, AJ is sort of you can quantify these movements that you're talking about, uh, towards this sort of new wagey, new great awakening, uh, kind of, uh, I don't know. Well, some might call it some sort of deception.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely call it a deception and, um, it's a deception that is Sneaking up from right under our noses. It's one that's playing on our pride. It's one that's playing on our fleshly desires uh, for peace and security. It's one that is um also playing on our desires for to be the hero of the story, you know, mm. and 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 to be, you know on the on the winning side to be, you know, the victors, the champions. And I believe that Satan himself is playing on our worldly, fleshly, carnal desires in order to lead us into his grand deception. And uh, you know, it's it's interesting because you know I talked a little bit about how you know uh, the plans of the Illuminati are being exposed at an increasingly rapid rate to the point where we could say conspiracy theory is now mainstream to a point, yeah. right? Right, and oh, even yeah. if and even if one doesn't necessarily call themselves a conspiracy theorist, I mean the general sentiment is you know is 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 across the board uh, distrust in government and media is at an all time high, right? And I don't think that this is happening because you know people are just such good discerners of truth and you know the, the, most people are being guided by the Holy Spirit. No, I right. think that this is uh, ultimately uh, uh, Satan spinning his web. And, uh, you know, I talked about how, uh, you know, how it's just becoming so, uh, expansive. And so the question, the, the question really becomes like, has Satan like considered to be the most cunning and, and wisest and, dis- and, and, uh, deceiving of all the angels? Has he overreached in his strategy? And the answer is likely no. Right, Mm -hmm. and as a Christian, you know, who was inclined towards conspiracy theories for most of my life, I once held the belief that the revelation of the satanic new world order agenda came about through the efforts of godly individuals guided by the Holy Spirit. And yet, the deeper I dive into this, the more I come to understand that the warnings and revelations about the new world order have not originated from godly sources but instead have been coming from those who hold agendas that are starkly anti-biblical and vehemently opposed to Christ and you know at first you know the realization this realization it, it did raise some concerns for me but at the time I didn't suspect there was a, a more profound level of deception involved you know, but but nonetheless, what I uncovered, sub, uh, you know, subsequently caused me to stop and reevaluate my entire perspective, and you know, this is where we get into where I was talking about how the new age is the spiritual arm in this agenda, and within the realm of the occult, there exists a practice called channeling or mediumship, in which people allow themselves to become conduits for spiritual entities to communicate through them. So renowned figures in the occult world like Alice Bailey, Helena Blavatsky, Alistair Crowley, and even David Icke have personally engaged in channeling these spirits. And millions uh, embrace these teachings received from these entities. Uh, funnily enough, I actually confronted David Icke about this, uh, I think, last week. Did, it, did you guys catch that? I missed
2: I did. it. I did, yeah. I actually have... I don't know if I have it pulled up and ready to go, but I, it was one of the things that I did want to talk about with you because yeah, you, you got to talk to him and, um, I don't know that he fully responded to the stuff because you were kind of coming out with him with a lot of stuff. And I think he agreed <laughs> with your general idea, but I, I don't know that he was, uh, able to fully see what you were saying in terms of, uh, eschatology. And I think you quoted some scripture and stuff in there. So uh, but mm-hmm. it was good that you were able to even get his attention for a moment there because David Icke is one of these guys that Chris White made the documentary David Icke debunked, I don't know, 12 years ago now or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really you know tore apart his whole argument about uh, he being David Icke, that he had channeled something. He, he was on national UK news saying he's Jesus and stuff. Like he was doing all kinds of
1: mm-hmm.
2: wild stuff back then. And it, it's fascinating because – yeah, he's been – he's the lizard guy, expose the Illuminati guy, but now he's even calling out this alt-media thing. He calls it MAM, I think. It's like mm-hmm. mainstream alternative media. Everyone has a name for it, which is kind of interesting. But um, yeah, hes he's got his own name for it, and he's calling out Tucker Carlson and doing all the stuff, which I'm thinking, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. But also, what's the end game that you're pushing, David I Is mm-hmm. it still this sort of mm-hmm. ascension thing? Because mm-hmm. aren't you – aren't you literally it's just another layer of the onion you know now that the alt media is establishing themselves oh we're going to tear down the alt media it's not so much that it's it's now okay you're you're saying you're calling out that alt media apparatus but again if you're not really preaching christ then what are you doing so yeah very interesting uh conversation there with mm-hmm. david ike
0: yeah yeah uh i mean when i was ta- when i talked to david ike i mentioned I, I, his trip to Peru and his Mm -hmm. Kundalini awakening that he experienced there in which, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he, he visited the pyramid and he became a conduit for these spirits. And, you know, he, he's, you know, everything that he believes is based off what these spirits told him. Right. And and what's interesting is you know these spirits that have been channeled by occultists like Alice Bailey, Helena Blavatsky, so on and so forth you know they always portray themselves as benevolent entities ascended masters or extraterrestrials yeah and they cl- and they claim to aid humanity in achieving higher levels of consciousness and spiritual enlightenment but we as believers we understand that these spirits are in fact malevolent and their intention is to steer humanity away from the true teachings of the gospel. So this is where it becomes really interesting. So these deceptive spirits have repeatedly and cons- and and consistently warned humanity about a secretive elite group that is manipulating world affairs and concealing our true potential and power by keeping spiritual knowledge hidden from us so these beings assert that the sole path for humanity to attain a heightened state of consciousness and unity is through overcoming this very group of elites so channeled entities such as Ra, seth the pleiadians uh, bashar the arcturians the robes among others uh, they've all issued warnings about a matrix of elite control and they suggest That we must break free from this collectively in order to achieve spiritual ascension. And what I want believers listening to think about is this. So why would the agents of Satan reveal the secrets of the New World Order and Illuminati if that were indeed his ultimate goal? Is Satan's realm in conflict with itself? Well, according to Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, certainly not. So what's really happening here? Satan has skillfully deceived us through the conspiracy truther narrative that is continuing to unfold today. And despite my longstanding interest in conspiracy theories and efforts to expose the Illuminati, I have come to the realization that I too have been misled by Satan and his angels, and that the Illuminati and the New World Order are not the ultimate objectives of Satan, but rather they represent a clear darkness meant to be toppled by Satan's deceptive illumination. Mm. You see, Satan's tactics have never revolved around overt domination or direct opposition. His method, has always involved efforts to alienate humanity, especially those selected by God, from the true essence of the gospel. He achieves this by disguising spiritually deadly teachings as though they are enlightening or positive messages. And, you know, it's very reminiscent of, you know, Emperor Palpatine's tactics in Star Wars, right? Where he infiltrated the Republic, by raising up and destroying the confederacy and he manipulated anakin skywalker by appealing to his ego and persuading him that the jedi council were plotting against him stifling his true power and potential in a similar manner satan is deceiving humanity in the same way he enticed the angels to revolt against god You see, in the occult reinterpretation of the Garden of Eden narrative, Adam and Eve are depicted as prisoners in the Garden, with Yahweh characterized as despotic lesser deity, a demiurge who restricts their true power and capabilities and their connection to the true god interpreted as infinite consciousness or source, and that the serpent is portrayed as the liberator of humanity who imparted knowledge to them and unveiling the truth about the matrix in which they resided. So in this version, Yahweh, rather than humanity, is blamed for the world's evils. And so Satan is subtly and progressively undertaking a similar manipulation in the present and what i'm proposing is that the exist is that there's an existence of an immense deceptive operation that is orchestrated entirely by deceptive spiritual entities and that these entities are executing their plan without revealing the true larger scheme to any human whether it uh, whether it be elite or otherwise so consider The possibility that for centuries, Satan has been engineering a significant issue, a shadowy, oppressive world governed by a clandestine consortium of influential families that are aiming for total domination. Then Satan gradually reveals this situation, inciting public outcry and a clamor for action against it, which then at the opportune moment Satan will present a solution. Just like how Islamic terrorists were framed for orchestrating 9-11, could it be possible that God and his angels are being framed for creating the New World Order? Could the New World Order itself be the actual deception with Satan revealing it as part of a scheme to depict the God of the Bible as humanity's greatest enemy? And this kind of scenario sets the scene for a very unique kind of conflict, one that battles for the minds and souls of humanity, as opposed to worldly or political dominance. Because we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, he's already the god of this world and already has sway over worldly matters. He doesn't need to fight for dominion of the world, right? So <clears throat> what's happening is he is presenting us with the red pill to awaken us to the reality of the matrix-like world we inhabit, a planet akin to a prison. And he's using a narrative that's rooted in the Gnostic occult framework to accuse Yahweh, the creator of the universe, of being a tyrannical lesser god who is you know, suppressing uh, and disempowering humanity. So in the Gnostic narrative, Yahweh is depicted as a figure who suppresses our inherent divinity, exercises control over us, and enslaves us within the confines of the matrix that constitutes our reality. And Satan aims to present Yahweh as the controller of the matrix and the one who was ultimately responsible for keeping humanity in a state of darkness. So these reptilian overlords that people like David I talk about. He's talking about Yahweh. He's talking about the God of the Bible, and it's setting the stage for humanity, like the like the Battle of Armageddon, right, where humanity is going to, you know, fight against God coming back, right, which is why, <clears throat> you know. Uh, uh, there's all this talk about oh there's you know there's going to be this this alien invasion there's there's aliens coming they want to destroy us yeah well that's they're talking about God God's going to come and judge the earth and this is why they repent not in Revelation nine it says you know it it says and they repented not of their ways even as God is pouring His wrath on them why because they see that God they don't they see God's wrath not as righteous judgment. But against an uh, but 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 an unrighteous indignation uh, from a tyrannical evil god who wants to enslave and kill us, right? And so the Bible warns us that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, and under this belief system, you know, Satan is aiming to lead humanity. From what is portrayed as God's oppression, deceit, and dominance, and towards an existence of love, enlightenment, and freedom, which are qualities that the occult associates with Lucifer, which which they call the light bearer, the bringer of light. And he seeks to convince us that we don't need a savior, and that we possess inherent power, innocence, and morality. And Satan's desires for humanity is to embrace the notion that we can achieve elevated levels of consciousness similar to the ascended masters who propagated these messages that were channeled by all these occult teachers. And it it makes a lot of sense now why most of humanity will be misled by the antichrist as they will be drawn into self-worship, into viewing themselves as the heroes, as inherently innocent, righteous, and powerful, thereby succumbing themselves to the serpent's deception. And this deception caters to our innate tendency towards a victim mentality and our desire to hear what pleases us, implying that the responsibility for our shortcomings lies not with us, but with external external forces or others. And this is what we hear in the conspiracy narrative all the time. You know, this world has been taken over by a group of, of, of satanic elites. You know, we are being oppressed. We are being, you know, they, they see the, the things of the world, but they're missing God's sovereignty over it, right? So they're not seeing, you know, all of these evil people ruling us as a form of judgment, which is which is biblically how you should look at it, just like how Job looked at his calamities as, you know, he saw… God's hand in his tribulations, but we are doing the opposite. We are seeing ourselves as victims and we're, and we're missing God's hand in everything. And this, and this is, it's, it's such a brilliant, brilliant deception because us as human beings, we naturally want to gravitate towards the idea that you know someone is oppressing us and that and that and that you know the things that are that are happening to us, you know aren't judgment from God, but it, but rather an attack from a satanic force, right when job when job uh, you know when when job had everything taken away from him, you know, notice how he didn't say, you know Satan had done this to me or you know i've've I've been attacked by demonic forces. no, mm-hmm. he said he said, the Lord giveth, And the Lord taketh away, right? right? He overcame his tribulation by acknowledging God's sovereignty and maintaining his fear of him, right? And we're doing the opposite today. We are disregarding God's sovereignty and we're maintaining our fear in the world in what's going to happen to us here. And are we going to have freedom and liberty and all these things that we feel like we're entitled to here in this life? And Satan is brilliantly playing on these natural fleshly desires in order to lead us into the ultimate rebellion. And, you know, so so about the Antichrist now is, is a whole other thing. So it's a logical deduction to assume that through the Antichrist – Satan intends to complete his agenda, which was initiated in the Garden of Eden, by leading humanity towards a belief system centered on the concept of human divinity and empowerment. So, in its most authentic expression, Satanism or Luciferianism is not characterized by ritualistic blood sacrifices or a literal worship of the devil, but rather it centers on the ideology that individuals are on par with the creator and this falsehood of human divinity encapsulates the core of the antichrist agenda which represents a true embodiment of the luciferian philosophy not the new world order right its objective is to persuade humanity of its godlike nature power sinlessness inherent freedom and the ability to to ascend to higher states of existence and to create the kingdom of heaven on earth ourselves by our own hands. Now, here's the big thing: these ideals, these, these truly Luciferian satanic ideals of, of human empowerment, divinity, etc., sharply contrast with the alleged objectives of the New World Order and Illuminati, which is frequently highlighted by the conspiracy media aimed to disempower and subjugate humanity. Therefore, the question arises can the New World Order and the Antichrist agenda be viewed as one and the same? And the simple answer is they can't. They cannot. So, through the false flag operation known as the New World Order, Satan is staging his own great revelation event. He is bringing his version of truth to a world trapped in the darkness of the matrix mirroring and imitating Jesus Christ who tore the veil between God and humanity through his crucifixion. Satan is ripping apart a counterfeit veil to disclose the Illuminati and the alleged hidden truth of human divinity. And then the beast described in Revelation 13 with its lion-like mouth, symbolizes the antichrist who will appear as a powerful force seeking to eradicate the corruption and darkness perpetuated by the deep state or global cabal or illuminati and i believe that the destruction of the illuminati control matrix by the antichrist is prophesied in revelation 17 where the 10 horns of the beast destroy the great harlot of babylon the new world order that the Alliance, under the leadership of the Antichrist and his kings, will dismantle. The so-called storm referenced by Q and its followers is a buildup to the destruction of the New World Order by the beast. It is a false storm of judgment against evil, a counterfeit apocalypse, and a counterfeit revelation. This event is a satanic Mimicry of the genuine revelation of Jesus Christ, in which all truths will be unveiled and the authentic King of Kings will be revealed to the world. And, you know, the, Matthew 24 says, you know, uh, it warns that the Antichrist deception will be so convincing that it would deceive even the elect if it were possible the new world order, the illuminati, klaus schwab, george soros, the great reset, these are not things that can deceive the elect, right? even right. even even a 13-year-old can discern that this is evil. Yeah. but what i but what i'm talking about, the false light ecumenical rise against it. now that is what could deceive and it is deceiving people who, you know, profess uh christ with their lips.
1: yeah Wow. You know, it's it really is that you laid that out so excellently. Thank you for that. It feels like something that I think a lot of people are feeling or, you know, maybe even trying not to feel or not to vocalize because part of the genius of Satan's plan in <clears throat> in in what you laid out there is that maybe for the first time ever People who have traditionally, you know, questioned the narrative, uh, paid attention to global movements, global leadership, globalism, uh, you know, the, for years, like you said, decade or more here on this show. And uh, those same people, for once maybe in our entire lives, are sort of. Tempted to feel optimistic about the direction Mm -hmm. that things are going. And, you know, I I encourage optimism uh, as long as it's well placed. But, you know, even I'm Mm -hmm. guilty of it. You know, you see something like Russell Brand reaching 11 million people about the great reset and people (laughs) waking up about it, and you're like, Wow. Okay, this is a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good development. This is there's more people mm-hmm. than ever. It's it's so for just for one second to feel optimism about the direction of the world. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, as with everything, if you're not approaching that optimism with some very serious sort of self investigation, uh, you're going you might miss the point that. Even the elect can be deceived. And that's sort of Mm -hmm. exactly what the current situation, I think, has Mm -hmm. uh, people at least on the fence about. I mean, and it's genius to think that, uh, like you said, it's uh, the movement is sort of built to make people feel smarter than their neighbors Mm -hmm. and not just feel smarter. than Feel empowered feel empowered against globalists feel empowered against uh, the great reset and uh, it's silly to think that it would be that easy to to outsmart Satan you know or to <laughs> to think that he would be so easily uh, sort of defeated by imperfect human beings, the, the same people that got us into this mess, the same nature of humanity that got us into this mess in the first place, uh, wi- f- sort of willfully and uh, optimistically and excitedly accepting the idea that we are outsmarting Satan by supporting you know, certain elements of this movement or just not uh, sort of cognitively exploring the idea that we too could be led astray. And I mean, it's classic in sort of a physical bureaucratic sense. We've seen how the CIA is Exp, they are experts at infiltrating countercultural movements. That's like their whole job around the world, and of course, here on the homeland as well. The, uh, there's handbooks about how to infiltrate movements, uh, disrupt them, and ultimately take control of them uh, to, you know, for the purposes of whatever their purposes are. And if it's that easy for a group of people to Co-opt to steer a movement. Satan himself is going to have a lot more creative ideas in how to do that. Uh, again, I hate to discourage anybody from feeling optimism because I think that optimism can be a can be a healing balm once in a while in this <laughs> line of thinking. Uh, but at the same time, we do not want to be deceived into thinking that we are outsmarting, uh, you know the. Powers and principalities, and uh, you know the the Prince of Persia himself. Uh, it's it's and it's very interesting because Protestant evangelical American Christianity does spend a lot of time uh, reminding us how powerful we are as individuals. And it's easy to forget that whatever power we might have, whatever cleverness or shrewdness we might have against the plans of the devil is only through Christ, only through uh, the Holy Spirit that we're even able to approach the idea of outsmarting the devil. Um, And unfortunately, like you said, that is, Definitely not 100% of the people, and absolutely not 100% of the time. And we need to be humbled and keep that in mind.
0: I also want to just briefly uh, talk about. Oh, wait, I think I'm walking too far from the Wi Fi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I yep. can still hear yeah, you. Yeah, we got you. Okay, okay. <laughs> I forgot I'm on the Wi Fi. I started walking outside. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, I also want to respond really quickly to what you said about optimism. Yeah, and this this is something that um, I'm seeing a lot of is people being optimistic, but for the wrong things, mm. right? You know, optimism is good, right? But what are we being optimistic about? Are we being optimistic of, of in the world? Are we mm. being optimistic of the flesh of of you know maintaining our earthly paradise, mm. right? Or are we being optimistic about God's promises, right? Mm. Are we being optimistic that Christ will return and dispel the darkness and wipe away every tear, like He said He would, right? And this is and this is one of the main things that Satan is preying on to uh, carry out this agenda. It's exactly like in the Old Testament, where <laughs> you had five hundred false prophets all saying, you know, peace, peace, you know, victory, you know, we're going to have victory. We're going to have peace. You know, we're going to win. God's judgment's not coming. You know, we, we, you know, we're victims. We don't deserve judgment. We're, we're powerful. We're going to defeat our, we're going to defeat our foes. And then there was only one prophet who was the true prophet of God who was saying, no guys, God's judgment is coming to us and we Mm. need to repent. And, you know, we're not going to have victory. We're not going to have victory, uh, you know, on this earth. And guess what happened to him? He was persecuted. Uh, uh, he was thrown in prison, right? Uh, he, he was seen as a, a doom and gloomer, right? Oh, how yeah. dare you try to try to quell our optimism? You know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to do the right thing, but it was the true prophet of God who was persecuted for telling them that they were under God's judgment. And, you know, this, this is, this is another thing that, you know, goes back into, you know, fear of the world versus fear of God, like Job. I think, I think Job's story is such a good illustration or picture of how we overcome the tribulations, not only in our days, but the tribulation to come in the end times. And, you know, like I said, uh, that is through Acknowledging God's sovereignty, acknowledging His hand in everything, and that you know, and uh, by maintaining our fear or or our reverence and our awe in Him, right? Yes. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, people say, "Oh man, you know, the Illuminati—they took over the world. You know, they have everything, and you know, they're they're winning." But it's like you know, you know, even Satan, even Satan himself is but a pawn. In God's overarching plan Right You know Satan might think He's high and mighty But But even he's Just another piece Of uh, On the chessboard Right Yeah And and, uh, And we have to keep in mind That God's the one Who's in control Right He's not on the chessboard He He is the one Maneuvering the chessboard He is the player He You know what I mean He He transcends the board Yes And 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 you know, we we look at the wicked the our wicked leaders today, and you know we look at it with such a victim mentality, which is very appealing to our itching ears. But the reality is, God appoints, He raises up and and puts down all kings. You know, uh, there there is not one king that uh, on this earth that God did not put there, right? Even Jesus acknowledged acknowledged this he was face uh facing Pontius Pilate you know he said you would ha- he, he said you would have no authority over me at all if it wasn't given to you by the father you know yeah and and, yeah. and, and, and that's the thing is that <laughs> the, the the wicked leaders that we have are a reflection of the wickedness and disobedience of humanity right and all right. And, and and they're the all symptom of the co- Yes, and all of our problems, all of our calamities—they're not an attack from Satan. They're a judgment from God. All, you know, all of these issues that we're that we're facing, all of this—you uh, know—the the these crises, right? This is all God's sovereign hand, uh, uh, you know, bringing bringing tribulation to us in order to test us. The word tribulation itself implies testing, right? We are, we are quite literally being tested. You know, Acts 14, uh, verse 22 says, you know, uh, through tribulation, may we enter into the kingdom of God. You know, the apostle Paul said that he wished he desired to, sh- to share in the suffering of Jesus Christ. And if he, you know, all throughout the scripture, we see a consistent theme of, you know, suffering first. And patience and endurance and long suffering before being glorified. We see this in David's story where, you know, David was anointed King as a, you know, at a very young age, but he had to go through a period of being hunted and persecuted by Saul, who is a picture of the Antichrist. Right. And before he could, he could even be King. And, you know, uh, David had, multiple opportunities to take matters into his own hands and to kill Saul right but he chose peace instead and, and acknowledged that if god wanted Saul not to be king he he would he would remove him right? So, right so so david acknowledged god's sovereignty and maintained his fear in him rather than his fear of Saul who was persecuting him zealously and we see that same theme echoed in jesus's story right where he had to endure suffering tribulation persecution and even death before being glorified um and you know when when jesus was fasting in the desert and satan offered him the kingdoms of the world that's what's happening right now satan is offering us the kingdoms of the world Through this collective awakening that's happening, right, he's revealing this stuff to us in order to offer it as a shortcut, as a way to escape our suffering. But as we see in scripture, it's this suffering that leads to sanctification, right? The the suffering is is necessary. And Jesus, he, he recognized what Satan was doing as a deceptive shortcut. To do to 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 do it his own way and not by the Father's way, you know. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, Jesus wept, and he, you know, he said he was praying to the Father, and he said, you know, I I I I, I wish that this cup would pass over me, but alas, it's not unto my will, O Father, but Your will, and this is an illustration. Of the mentality that we need to have as believers in a world that is wrapped and succumbing to the fears and anxieties of our physical circumstances, it's exactly like uh, when Peter was, uh, you know, uh, got over, became overcome by the fear of the wind and the waves, uh, and Jesus just said, "Focus on me." focus on me, but, but he couldn't because he, Peter was so overcome by the fear of his physical circumstances that he lost focus of Christ and began to sink. That's what we're doing right now. We are letting our physical circumstances, letting us take our focus off of Christ and his way of, of sanctification in patient endurance and long-suffering, and and because of it, it is leading us into sinking spiritually. It is leading us into this falling away that's coming into this rebellion that's coming. It's exactly also like when Peter drew his sword in the heat of the moment and sliced off a Roman soldier's ear, you know, in the, in in the moment he thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. Right. Because again, he, he, his fixation, his, or his hyper focus on his physical circumstances uh, made him miss what God was doing there, right? And that's why Jesus quickly rebuked him. Do you see? That's the same yeah. mistake that we're making right now by, uh, you know, forming this ecumenical, unholy alliance with humanity uh, in order to take matters into our own hands and bring about the kingdom of God on earth ourselves. And that's what the beast kingdom is. It's a counterfeit kingdom of God that rises up from humanity, right? It's not not a top-down agenda, but rather it's a bottom-up grassroots movement that is going to rise up against the, 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 the dark machinations of the Illuminati, just dismantle them, and establish a counterfeit kingdom of god just like alice bailey said you know we need to alice bailey talked about how you know the occult they need to work through the church through christianity to bring about the kingdom of god on earth and of course she's not talking about the real kingdom of god she's talking about the kingdom of light and love and the brotherhood of man that's the beast kingdom it's a counterfeit and it looks and and that's why it takes discernment, because it, it it looks so because it's so close, right? If you don't have discernment, you're going to miss it. You're going to think that, you're going to think that we're entering the kingdom of God, but because you're not you're not discerning, because you're just folk hyper fixating on the moment and on the physical, you're going to you're not going to see that you're actually inadvertently. Building the beast kingdom, and that's what's happening. We are building the beast kingdom through the the Great Awakening, through the uh the anti-New World Order, through the conspiracy truth or uh community, through yeah. all of this stuff. <laughs> and it's 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 re- it really is so brilliant how wow. how this is all happening, and it and and ultimately, you know, this is all happening because of God's sovereign decree, because he is. What He is testing us. He is separating the wheat from the chaff and the sheep from the goats, those who truly follow him and those who follow in the flesh, those who walk in the spirit and those who walk in the flesh. There's, those are the two types of people. And, and those two people are going to be separated by this tribulation. And yeah. the ones who walk in the spirit, the ones who, as Revelation says, has the patience of the saints— They're going to be the ones who are persecuted by the ones walking in the flesh. You know, in John, it says, uh, in John, it says that the time is coming where those will kill you, who will kill you, will believe they are doing God's will. That's right. And this is exactly, this is exactly what is going to happen. You see a lot of people who, like, come to my post and, you know, they, they call me a doom and gloomer. They say, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're subverting our movement. You need to get out of the way. you need to get out of the way. Well guess what? <laughs> it's gonna be these very same people who are going to be killing the saints, believing that they are prophets of Baal, just like in Jehu and Jezebel, where <laughs> where uh, you know where Jehu rose up to, the, to throw Jezebel down and got and, and got rid of the foreign idols. But what did he do? He continued the golden calf idols that Jeroboam established in Dan and Bethel. He continued in the same way. The Great Awakening—we're we're throwing out the foreign idols of of you know the the obvious blatant evil of you know the left and you know the the like you know the child sacrifice, the homosexuality, LGBT, all the stuff. We're throwing all that stuff away. But what are we doing? We're going back to our original idolatry, of the founding fathers, of the Constitution, of 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 all of these things. It's this. It's the same thing that's happening over and over and over again. What's happening is cyclical. There is nothing new under the sun. Only cyclical patterns of the same deception.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. And you know <clears throat> the. the Kind of the most disturbing part about what uh, I'm hearing you lay out is, yeah. despite all the problems, every problem, the immigration, the World War III, the Civil War, the culture war, everything, it all comes down to one simple solution. There is one simple uh, built-in solution that will fix it all, and that is – to vote Donald Trump as president of the United States <laughs> that will fix every single one of these problems cuz there's really not what else do you do there's one there's one solution being presented to everything to solve all the problems and that is Trump becoming president against all odds his persecution the grip of the new world order on the american people the the tumultuous relationship between americans and americans it can all be fixed we just need to get trump in the white house and it now putting all this together it just seems so ludicrously Simple, like to that, for that to be the simple answer to this truly historical and biblical level unrest going on in the world and in the hearts of people. Uh, to th- the only real answer being presented is vote for Trump, which is absolutely ludicrous to say out loud now after hearing you lay this all out. <laughs>
2: Well, let me, let me jump in because there's, there's something that, you know, you mentioned so many scriptures there, Donnie. And I think one of the scriptures that comes to my mind is from first Samuel and, uh, chapter eight. And this is the chapter where the people of Israel are begging for a King that judges, right. And Samuel's not really feeling it. You know, he's like, I don't, I don't know. So he brings it to God and prays, but, um, And then God says, uh, like all the deeds, which they have done since the day that I brought them up from Egypt, even to this day in that they have forsaken me and served other gods. So they are doing, uh, so they are doing to you also now then listen to their voice. However, you shall solemnly warn them and tell them of the procedure of the King who will reign over them. You know, it's like, you you guys want a King? You guys can have a king. Just be warned that the king that you choose may not be under God's will. And I feel like that's the setup here with... Trump. Everyone's mm-hmm. feeling Absolutely. like, we need the guy. We need the guy to get in and fix it, drain yeah. the swamp, the whole deal.
1: Instead of God as our king, we right. need Trump. Right. Yeah. We need
2: Trump. Yeah. yeah. And that, that mm. sentiment echoes and, and resonates throughout evangelicalism, throughout American exceptionalism. I mean, it, it wraps up so much. Especially the the sentiment of this country right now, where all this evil has been exposed, and yeah, they probably allowed it to be exposed to create the counter movement, to create the populist uprise, to create all the stuff. And like you mentioned, they people want to feel progress, and you know, you guys were talking about optimism, and I think Donnie, you you put it quite well in the context of you know, focusing on the Lord and focusing on the father and, and knowing that this is all under God's providence, even though it's dark and deceptive and everything. Um, and and I think there's different levels to it too. You know, there's, there's sort of your practical application level, you know, farmers on a strike to try to push back against government policies that prevents them from getting food to people, like little things like that, where you can say, okay, yeah, I can get behind that. But then the big picture of, okay, yeah, these little tiny uh, battles on a hill is good in a sense in in the immediate and the fleshly type of thing. But when you look at the bigger picture, it's like, oh, wow, this mountain that's rising is not necessarily uh, what everyone expects it to be. And, you know, to that effect. So you mentioned Trump, Basil. I, I want to dive in a little bit to Trump because, you know, obviously Donnie Darkin, that whole uh, name and the concept comes from this idea that Donald Trump might present himself as uh the messiah or the anti-messiah, depending on how you're looking at it. And Whether he
1: presents himself or not, he's being, well, he's being presented. presented. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the
2: thing I was going to say is that it, not only is it being picked up as a, a talking point or a narrative by the mainstream, this is like mainstream corporate media trying to frame Trump as this type of thing, but you know the 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 right-wing conservatives, the Republicans, the, even Christians, evangelicals, they're picking up on that sentiment as well. And that's what's troubling to me where, you know, I think about 10 years ago when we started doing this, Basil, it was fairly clear to see the distinctions between, okay, these people have a biblical worldview. These people have a new age worldview. I mean, it's very different. And to your point about zeitgeist, you can kind of, you know, there was zeitgeist debunked, zeitgeist refuted, all these Christians started talking online pushing back on this idea that Jesus was a mythological creation similar to Krishna and Vishnu and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, looking at a scholarly or having a scholarly rebuttal to that. um, But now, you know, since in this last decade, we've had things like flat earth kind of confuse everybody, mix up the new agey talk with the Christians. And QAnon, same thing. Bring up sort of a truth movement type thing, but it's it's kind of mixing the mudding the waters between new age ideologies and you know, sort of the the Christian who is also understanding conspiracy theories and trying to expose it and whatnot. So I feel like there are levels to this, but um, with Trump in particular, this it was it was very surprising to me even early on, where it was like, wow, I've never seen evangelical Christians and new agers in the same boat like yeah down with the system and that that was the first moment i was like uh, okay <laughs> like, I, I don't know about this whole mm-hmm. thing i mean again mm-hmm. it depends on what we're talking about if we're talking about the small narrow bandwidth of certain policies or something like that you can probably i mean you, like you said basil we're probably forced to take sides a lot of it falls under logic I think a lot of this mainstream stuff, it's been a straw man. They've built the straw man so that they can create the heroes to tear it down. I mean, this is exactly what's happened culturally. And that's the misdirection, you know, to think that, uh, the people tearing it down have the best interests for everybody else. I, I don't think that's the case. And, um, the, so Draining the swamp that whole thing. I think when we look at current situation, you know, we're recording this in February of 2024. And as we go through this, this time period leading up to the elections and everything else, the topic that I see as really the elephant in the room that gives away this sort of infiltration is the rise of technology or the technocracy um, in the vehicle of freedom in the vehicle of constitutional rights and all this kind of stuff. And we've seen this with Elon. Elon's a great example. You know, I made a video about Elon Musk and his mysterious origins, a few, I don't know, seven years ago or something. And the video had like 300,000 views on YouTube and a bunch of people were talking about it. This is before all the most people that were looking at Elon (laughs) In this context of conspiracy or whatever, we're saying like, yeah, this dude wants to put microchips in your brain. This guy wants to, you know, he's got the government support to put up the Internet network satellite system all over the world. So he wants to be the communications guy. He wants to be the car guy. He wants to be the brain chip guy. What's up with this guy? And then he buys X and he says, oh, free speech. Ha ha. And everyone is like, oh, Elon, he's amazing. He's defending free speech. X is the only platform and pushing back against the system. And I, I am just appalled at how... Quickly, people jumped onto that bandwagon. It's, it was alarming to me. And I, I feel that Trump is doing, not doing, not Trump himself, perhaps, but they are putting him into this position where most recently he's been fined or, you know, the, the courts have fined him $350 million and Alex Jones owes a billion dollars to the, uh, you know, the victims of Sandy Hook and all this kind of stuff, all this lawfare and attached with it, these huge... Fines, like financial fines. The move here, I think, is pushing everybody into a crypto world. And, you know, theres I've talked about crypto. There's hmm. positives and negatives to it. But I think they're trying to make Trump into like a crypto bro. <laughs> because, hey, they're coming after my bank account. They're coming after my savings, all this kind of stuff. What's the one sovereign way you can store your wealth in, in terms of uh, money? Uh, you can maybe talk about Bitcoin or other um, you know, alternate altcoins or whatever. But one of the things that Trump has done recently, he had his NFT project.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. Hold on. Yeah. I, you're covering a whole lot of ground, Gons. Yeah. I want to hear what, he's, what the, the the Trump fit in here. But okay. finish with the Trump crypto. I see where this is going.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So tr- Trump did his NFT collection a few months ago, and then he had his second collection that he published, Trump Digital Trading card series number two, and you know with NFTs they're all immutable, and they all have their own. They're generative, so they have sort of their own uh, unique thing for each one. But they're so with each uh, NFT, you can see like different, um, you know, characteristics and traits and stuff, and that that's part of the whole thing here. And I'm not going to get into it, but there is <laughs> a background. There's a background that that is uh, presented in one of Trump's uh, NFTs or one uh, trait of his NFT, which is uh, titled simply heaven it's a background heaven and he's sort of floating in the clouds and all this kind of stuff and there's other ones where he's like a um uh, kind of like a superhero like an iron man slash uh, uh, uh captain america where he's holding like a shield and
1: he looks very By transhuman the way, i don't think donnie can see what you're showing i know i know so i know, I know he gonna... can't
2: i know he can't i know he's we're doing a different thing here with the the way this is structured but yeah it's it's interesting to me how they've yeah, not only is Trump doing the NFT thing, which is already sort of <laughs> an interesting thing, but also it, it within it, creating this sort of messianic, or at the very least, a sort of, uh, I don't know, um, king-esque type of thing where people are making money off of these things and the imagery is really compelling. Um, let's talk about Trump a little bit in this context, Donnie. What, I, I know I rambled on for a little bit here, but- You just wanted how, to
1: show us the Trump NFTs. Well, they I are they,
2: they are very uh, fun to look at. They, they, <laughs> he does do a good job of making these ridiculous uh, <laughs> caricatures of himself, um, which is part of, I think the meme thing is also a nice vehicle for all of this, but any, your thoughts, Donnie?
0: Uh yeah, I mean like I always say, you know, I, I think it's really important that uh with 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 this conversation, uh I want I want to clarify that when I say you know Trump is likely or possibly the Antichrist, I don't think he's, you know, knowingly the biblical rendition of the Antichrist, right? In the right. same way that that Jehu is a prototype of of the antichrist right as someone who steps up to you know dispel darkness and and and, you know in his own self-righteousness overlooks the work that he needs to do in his heart that's the same thing with trump right trump sees himself as someone who's right with god because he feels as though he's doing god's will but he's overlooking the 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 spirit the true biblical nature of the spiritual battle that we're called to, which is internal, right? Which is a, a war against the flesh and, and, and the desires of our our human nature, which which you know is inherently sinful. And you know, Trump has even said himself, you know, he doesn't feel like he needs to ask God for forgiveness. This right. is a J. This is a Jehu mentality, and 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 you know, he he's leading people as, as, as the ultimate idol of self-righteousness. And what's interesting is Jesus said that in the last days, people would be lovers of self. And you see on the left, you have self-indulgence and on the right, you have self-righteousness hmm. making the perfect, uh, pot of, of selfishness, of self, of self, of, of self-love, right? Right. And this, this is, this is truly what the Antichrist kingdom is going to be built off. You know, people aren't going to be, you know, saying, yes, you know, we're, we're with the Antichrist, you know, they're going to be saying we're against the Antichrist Yeah. because their, because their perception of what the Antichrist is, is distorted. Like Alice Bailey, for example, her view of the Antichrist was, uh, you know, a figure who would come and enslave and disempower humanity right and 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 build this you know obviously 1984 tyrannical system right but that's that's the opposite it's 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 quite the opposite you know the antichrist is 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 going to be someone through in his self-righteousness is going to step up as a savior for humanity as someone who liberates mankind from their oppressors in the same way that the occult views the serpent or lucifer as the light bearer the liberator the breaker of our chains so the antichrist isn't the antichrist deception is not rooted in the matrix but rather in the escape from the matrix. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In
1: in the same way that Jesus expected as the Messiah did not look anything like they wanted or thought the Messiah would look like.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting too, is, uh, you know, we're making the same mistakes that the Jews made and much of, and and the apostles even when Christ first came. And what's really interesting is, you know, this, the story about Barabbas, Right and yes, and they yes. said you know do you want to free Barabbas or do you want to free uh you know his his name is actually Jesus Barabbas yeah, so do you right. want to free Jesus Barabbas or Jesus or son Jesus of God the yeah. yeah Jesus son of God the Christ and they said give us Barabbas give us Barabbas and 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 what who is Barabbas well the Bible says that he was an insurrectionist right he was yes. an insurrectionist. And that he was a symbol of liberation from the oppressors, specifically the Roman government who was oppressing the Jews at that time. And in in their short-sightedness and in their hyper-focus on the physical, they missed the true Messiah and the true message of salvation in a spiritual sense for an earthly for an earthly, uh, for their earthly Polit- and physical Political design. hero. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's, and, 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 and it's so crazy. When you really look, all throughout the Bible is this very consistent theme. I mean, even going back to uh, uh, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, you know, and, you know, what were the Israelites saying when they were getting impatient? They were saying that Moses is delaying he's, 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 he's delaying in his return. So what did they do? They decided to take matters into their own hands and they built a golden calf idol. Right. And you know, uh, when Moses, you know, came back down from being with the father and saw this, you know, 3000 men were killed by the Levites, by the high priests. And this is a picture of Christ's second coming, right now, you know, people are saying, "Where is Jesus? Where is Christ?" You know, we're down here suffering. We're down here. We can't take the suffering. We can't take. We cannot endure. Right. So now, what are we doing? We're turning to idols. We're turning to our flesh and and our natural desires, because we think that Christ is delaying. And when Christ comes back, He's going to see the world. Neck deep in golden calf idolatry, being in various forms of of a world that is 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 uh, overcome by the idol of self and victory and peace and security, right? And in the same way that three thousand men had to be killed by the high priest, the same way Jesus Christ, our great high priest, according to Hebrews, is going to descend from being with the Father, and he's going to be doing a lot of killing of people as a form of judgment to those who have turned their backs on the true spiritual calling of patience, endurance, and long-suffering, just like he exemplified in his life, and and we see all throughout Scripture. And it's exactly like, too, uh, King Saul, when he had to wait 7 days for Samuel to arrive to do the offerings right that was something that only the high priest could do right but but Saul uh, got impatient right he's like Samuel is delayed where is he so he t- what did he do he took matters into his own hands and out of fear of seeing the crowds begin to disperse he did the burnt offerings and those 7 days are a picture of the seven years in which we will have to be patient and wait and endure and not take matters into our own hands and be guided by the Holy Spirit and not by our own fleshly uh, uh, desires, right? And when Samuel came back, he was in big trouble. God took his kingdom away from him, Mm. right? And this is exactly what's going to happen. God's going to take the kingdom away from us because we are acting like Saul because we're acting like uh, the Israelites in, in the desert right that, that it's it's all it's all <laughs> a cyclical pattern of events that is that is playing out again there is nothing new under the sun and when people start to look at the situation from a biblical world v- world view and not a political one then we'll start to see the bigger picture. But that's the whole thing is politics and our physical circumstances has put a veil over our eyes from seeing God's sovereignty and his hand in everything. And the tribulations and calamities that we are facing right now, we are called to endure. We are called to be patient. We are called to have long suffering, just like Christ showed us how and 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 it's satan is the one who is tempting us with the kingdoms of the world right with with peace and security right and yeah. and and that's where our itching ears are tugging us towards with this ecumenical awakening that's happening and that's where this is all leading it's leading us right into the beast kingdom the counterfeit kingdom
1: of god yep uh, it, It begs the question. This is always the question, especially doing, you know, a podcast where people are listening and presenting, you know, or presenting a problem, presenting the situation. The question always must be asked. Then, well, what do we do? how do we do it how do we fix it what can we do what how are we meant to respond this is sort of the mandatory question after laying out a problem and uh, mm-hmm. you know trying to look at it a new way and mm-hmm. What I'm going to repeat what I what I think I heard from you is the only answer. You know, we are begging for something to do to fix it. That is in our nature. We that is part of feeling powerful or feeling disempowered. Is you feel disempowered unless there's something you can do to change mm-hmm. the future? And we so badly through this. Uh, a concept that we are powerful, we are, you know, just the whole thing. Uh, it, it, it begs the question, what can we do? And it's similar to what you're, you know, the biblical references, the biblical cycle, what we see in the Bible, the only answer is to endure. That, is, that mm-hmm. is the instruction is to endure, <laughs> not to try to change it, not to, ch- you know, whatever. I mean, it, voting day will come by and, and vote for whatever, you, you know, vote your conscience, and that's what you did. But, but the call from God in these situations is to endure, and the only way that you can truly come to the conclusion that enduring is the purpose, enduring is the way— is by recognizing over everything God's sovereignty on earth. Because truly recognizing God's ultimate sovereignty, not that he's in battle with Satan and, you know, they're having a boxing match, Satan and God, and whoa, who's going to win? has nothing to do with it. The absolute sovereignty of God has one call on our life in this situation, and it's clear. Clear as day, if you believe in the Bible, and that is simply to endure, which feels uncomfortable to an American Mm -hmm. Christian. It is excruciating the idea that there is not some big spiritual, physical, political action that we can take to create God's kingdom on earth because that is what we've been told. That is what we've been encouraged by. That is what's got us through whatever problem in our life and we just so badly need to act. But the instruction is clear to recognize God's ultimate and absolute sovereignty and endure the sovereign mm-hmm. actions of God <laughs> and it is yes i mean that's talk about <clears throat> when jesus was here his <laughs> his crime was spiritual revolution i mean in in a metaphorical sense there is of course other specifics mm-hmm. but really his crime was spiritual <laughs> Calling people to spiritual discomfort and political disempowerment in a way, by, not by anything else except by recognizing God's ultimate sovereignty. And just like in the scriptures, we do not like that. We do not want that. Mm-hmm. We are not comfortable with that. We see that as a weakness. And we've been told that we're so powerful that we don't need to endure these things. Well, why mm-hmm. would God want us to endure suffering? Well, maybe because somebody <laughs> wasn't quite reading the Bible word for word when, you know, <laughs> kind of figuring it out. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's simultaneously a Offensive to the core of Christians who feel called to sort of reign over the earth uh, and absolutely revolutionary to the very simple and core principle that recognizing god's ultimate sovereignty is like the pinnacle of obedience if 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 yes. obeying god and and aligning yourself with god's sovereignty and his plan not just for your life but for the whole world <clears throat> if if the one and only instruction is not Regarding God as the ultimate sovereign with no exception, it's you're going to run in a on a hamster wheel until you exhaust yourself to death thinking that you're getting somewhere. Uh, and ultimately, it's just a, a magnificent display of, dare I say, disobedience.
0: Yes, and it's this very disobedience that God is even using to separate the weak from the chaff. And, you know, it's interesting in Matthew 24, where Jesus talks about the end times and all of the things that you shall see. Well, in verse 13, you know, what does he say? He says, but he that shall endure until the end shall be saved. Mm-hmm. Revelation 18 says the sa- uh, Says something very similar. It says, you know, and, and, and they, being the saints, overcame him, being the beast by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. They loved not their lives unto death. Meaning that they laid down their lives as innocent, as innocent men and women, just like Jesus and the apostles did, and and faced the persecution given unrighteously unrighteously given to them by the beast or by the 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 worldly forces and you know it goes back to fear you know and in this fallen world humanity's natural response to tribulation is to act from a place of fear instead of being led by faith and if and if we let the world's fears steer us or guide us we're making the world our master But when we focus our fear or rather our awe and our reverence towards God, acknowledging that he's in control, he truly becomes our guiding light. And you can't split your heart between fearing the world and revering God. Your heart will naturally tilt towards one and neglect the other. And it's about understanding that God is present in every single moment and event, whether it's good, bad. Ugly or anything in between and believing that everything fits into a larger plan that ultimately showcases his glory. and this way of thinking keeps us on the path God laid out for us, avoiding that troubles that come from making all these mistakes of you know uh, of of uh, taking matters into our own hands or letting the world's uh, fear lead us. and it's exactly like what happened. It, with the northern kingdom of Israel uh, in the Old Testament. You know, they let the fear of the looming Assyrian invasion drive them into forming unlawful alliances mm. with, their, with their neighbors, uh, specifically Egypt and Syria, which God forbade them from doing. And I believe this is in 1 Kings, but they faced severe consequences for this. See, the Bible is not shy about telling us to avoid. Uh, Getting tangled in the world's fears and worries, you know. In Isaiah eight, you know, this is this is uh, during the time where, you know, you know, everyone's running scared because you know Assyria is coming to, and you know, there's 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 rumors of of an of a Syrian invasion, and everyone's everyone's fearful, everyone's afraid, and God is telling Isaiah, He said, you know, don't you know, don't share in the fears of of the world, you know. It says specifically, it says. Do not call conspiracy those that they call conspiracy and do not fear what they fear, nor dread it. Let the Lord of hosts, let me be your fear. Let me be your dread. And this is what separated Isaiah from the rest of the world is that he maintained his fear of God rather than the fear of whatever physical circumstances that, you know, that, uh, he was, he was dealing with. And, you know, what's, what's interesting is, you know, the battle that we're facing today, you know, it's, it's not about taking control or getting caught up in the thrilling drama of worldly conflicts or the culture war. Instead, it's about resisting the temptation of sin and engaging in a meek struggle that lies at the core of our journey with Christ and sanctification. Right. And that battle may fly under the radar, and it doesn't draw much spotlight. You know, it doesn't get a lot of likes and and views as an attention as, let's say, you know, Satan at the Grammys. you know right. what I mean that that gets a lot of views. But <laughs> it's about gently capturing the hearts uh, of man and quietly waiting for him to fulfill his promise. And make everything right, just like he said he would. And, you know, another example of this is when David was being persecuted by Saul, you know, he had temporary momentarily lapses of judgment. Why? Because of his fear of Saul killing him, right. you know. And 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 what it what happened was David uh, ended up seeking safety with the Philistines out of fear. And it shows just how tricky this can be. You know, he, he he ended up running to his enemies for protection, the very ones that he once defeated. And this highlights the twisted irony of fear pushing us away from faith. And it's a powerful lesson on why we shouldn't let fear make our decisions for us, especially when they lead us away from what God wants. And uh, that's, exactly, that's exactly what's happening. You know, we, yeah. we are letting our fear drive us right into the hands of our enemies and we're forming these these unholy unlawful alliances and yoking with the unbelieving world especially those who receive direct communication from satanic spirits that disguise as angels of light being the new age movement which again is the spiritual arm of us of the satanic agenda right the the, the false light agenda uh
1: yeah <laughs> I think I think that attention uh to fear as sort of a a core um principle by which you can measure your position and or st- uh, make decisions about your next moves you know there's uh, certainly lots of people out there hearing us talk about enduring our call to endure and what that means for our posture as uh, you know god being at the top being ultimately sovereign and you know there might be a uh, a criticism or or something that enduring means laying down means doing nothing means uh you know waking up every day and bowing down to the powers that be and saying yes they're powerful and i'm just going to be here and do my thing and that's not that's not what uh, I think mm-hmm. anybody who's triggered or sort of programmed to have that be the first thought about endurance—I mean, what a wonderful job uh, the enemy has done at programming us to mm-hmm. consider the concept of endurance as a passive suffering, mm-hmm. where, uh, like was mentioned plenty of times—you know—the the, the position of enduring does not just mean. Uh, allowing necessarily anybody to do anything to you and not raising your voice, not disagreeing, not doing, you know, it can take many forms, but what it could look like on a daily basis might be of a concern to somebody. What does it mean to endure? Well, Mm -hmm. enduring, this is a position you are taking. This is an ultimate position, again, as God is the sovereign, but on a daily basis, waking up, the Holy Spirit is still speaking. Your your feet will be guided by God. And if your life, if your calling continues to be, for instance, like for us, doing a podcast or becoming politically active or, you know, whatever it might be to you that you feel the Lord is calling you on a daily basis, don't not do those things cuz you do not think they are endurance endurance involves a you know plenty of actions that you can take
3: mm-hmm. and
1: somebody who might be triggered to think that enduring is just laying down and getting walked all over it's very interesting i wonder where that programming came from i wonder who convinced you that enduring just means laying down or being cowardly or or whatever we need to reprogram that selves uh, that out of ourselves where enduring can look like a lot of things it depends on any situation but enduring as a position and as a strategy with god at the head of everything can look a dozen different ways and you know the, the key to your endurance the key to everyone's specific situation lies in leaving God as the sovereign, and and again, obeying God as the sovereign, listening to God as the sovereign. And if it's your calling, if, if enduring for you means – any number of uh, whatever political actions or, or uh, vocational actions or or financial strategies or whatever that that's okay that can be included. but it's more of a, a fortress. the endurance is sort of a fortress of the heart that only God can can mm-hmm. empower and lead you through. So just exactly in case there's any enduring uh, pessimists out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that's the whole thing. It's 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 not about inaction, but it's about faith in action, right? Yes. It's a, and, yes. and and you know what what is, what does the Bible say? It says not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, will hem- will inherit the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of the Father. And what is the will of our Father? Our sanctification, our the Great Commission, us spreading the gospel and making disciples of all nations. Us seeking, uh, you know. Us being salt and light, meaning that, you know, we walk in obedience to the spirit and, 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 and slow down the decay of the fallen world by our obedience to the spirit, right? By our warning, warring against the flesh, yeah. by us, uh, you know, uh, being, you know, loving and serving one another and being living examples of Jesus Christ on earth, right? Being little Christs, right? That's what a Christian yeah. means being a yeah. little Christ and that's the whole thing and you know it, it, it's interesting because in ezekiel 33 we are called to be watchmen right and, and 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 the ones we're we're called to be the ones who don't just see the spiritual danger coming and embrace it and 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 I'm sorry embrace for it but but rather to shout out from the rooftops and to make sure everyone else sees it too and god's message here is very clear that if we see the sword coming and choose to stay silent, then God will require the blood of the lost on our hands, Mm. right? So, so, so what's happening right now, we need to be calling out this deception. We need to be calling out how so many of our brothers and sisters are not being guided by the spirit but rather guided by the flesh. And if we do not, and if we see what's happening and we don't speak out, then God's going to require our blood on, uh, mm. from, from the blood of the lost. Right. right. And, and and that's, and that's the whole thing. That's our mission here on earth. We're called to be separate, right? The fact that we see most of Christian, most Christians and most of the churches walking, you know, locking arms with their spiritual enemies in this common you know, perceived fight for humanity should be a should be a scorching hot red flag for any biblically discerned Christian. That should be a huge red flag that we are just you know you know it, it's so crazy because I, I scroll down my newsfeed and I see you know fellow Christians and you know the things they're posting are are indistinguishable from what I hear from David Ike or what I hear from you know, uh, the the, uh, the, the new age, you know, the new age crowd. And what I hear, right. you know, it, it's, 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 we've, we've yoked ourselves with the world by sharing in their fears and anxieties. And it's, and that's, what's going to lead to the beast kingdom. And we're not even going to, most people are not even going to see what's coming. Even as God's wrath is being put, is being poured upon them. They're not going to repent because they're going to see what's happening as an attack right? They're going to see, because they see themselves as righteous, right? right. They don't see the work that had to be, that has to be done in our heart. And that's the thing when we put up walls and try to defend ourselves from, you know, that one thing, it, we, we tend to leave ourselves exposed to something else. And in this case, we are guarding our, our, our physical and we're leaving our hearts completely exposed. And we're, we're we are getting hardened, you know, because it's so easy to point at George Soros. It's so easy to point at Bill Gates. It's so easy to point at the at the Great Reset and say, you know, this is, you know, this is evil. This is this is, you know, but it's 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 not easy. And it's very uncomfortable to point that finger at ourselves and at our own hearts and say, This is evil. This is wicked. I need to change this. Mm. Do you see? and that's what satan's doing it's it's brilliant it's so brilliant
2: yeah i there was a line in the original age of deceit film pretty early on that got me not trouble per se but a lot of people commented i remember lots of backlash on the line which was basically that the elite folks who are running the world and you know are doing all this nefarious stuff are actually victims of part of Satan's, you know, agenda and plan. Um, Mm -hmm. and people didn't like that, you know, they're like, no, these people are evil. (laughs) They're, they're, you know, and some are, some people are actively, you know, seeking the help of Satan or spirits or whatever that may be. Um, but for the most part, I think people's well intentions, you know, the whole saying about, uh, uh, mm-hmm. the road to hell is paved with good intentions that is very true mm-hmm. in this context and i think to your point mm-hmm. basil about endurance another word for it is perseverance and what can we doing not, what, what can we doing we be doing and what what is the endurance it's not just the suffering because as we take this position i think this position that you're presenting Donny uh, donnie darkened is like you said very unpopular it's uncomfortable it kind of it's the party pooper view, you know, everyone's pumped about taking down the (laughs) new world order, but it's like, eh, it's not, you know, you're falling into a trap kind of thing. And that's been generally a topic that I think a lot of people that I've come across, uh, believers, you know, uh, peers that are content creators, have understood. And, I, and it's been – I, I re- remember going through even in the process of the rise of Trump, kind of going back and forth like, oh, this seems like a good thing. I mean we don't want Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, the child trafficking lady in the in the White House and that kind of thing. But again, that's part of the deception. I think that that we all somewhat fell for it to some degree in that regard. But there have mm-hmm. always been – pillars of this type of movement of, Hey, let's put, you know, push back, uh, use our own hands and feet to try to do this. Uh, the seven mountain man- mandate that you're familiar with that Donnie Darkin. This is an old,
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th-
2: this is an older type of theology and it's actually the theology that, uh, some of the biblical evangelical leaders surrounding Trump this is the, the theology they hold, which is that, Hey, uh, there are seven mountains of influence and we have to take over those seven, uh, mountains of influence. If we are to, you know, let Christ come back, like, you know, Jesus can't figure out this out by himself. Like we got to fix the world before <laughs> Jesus can come back. And the seven pillars are religion, family, education, government, media, arts, and entertainment and business. So if we can, christianity eyes or christianize those aspects of society then jesus can return um it's just like this wild (laughs) thought where it's like are you guys did you guys read the same bible because that that does not seem like the thing um we all have we have christian nationalism which is so mixing mixing the American exceptionalism with this idea of pushing back against the system. And it, again, it's a nuanced conversation. There are different views on it depending on how you define Christian nationalism. And I've put myself out there and said that I think it's sort of a psyop to get people or to get Christians labeled as terrorists and sort of the apparatus type of situation. But that even that too in this context is sort of the right-left paradigm thing. And then you have a lot of the red-pill Christian – talk which is very similar um so it's very enticing and i think if we're talking about actual actions biblically what what does the bible tell us endurance but also pray without ceasing right and if we're praying without (laughs) ceasing that that's very tough I fail at that every single day. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you, Basil. I know you're, I
1: don't, I do pretty good. You're just,
2: you're just the golden (laughs) child. Yeah. Um, But that, those are things that require endurance. And to pray for your enemies, as Jesus said, uh, (laughs) you know, these are difficult things. And if we're talking about, and like you said, so easy to blame Bill Gates. And look, we do that on news talk. We call out the nonsense and and things of that nature. Um, But I've been convicted recently of, let's try to back off on attacking the person. Let's, let's think about it spiritually uh, because it's so easy mm-hmm. to call out people and, and you know, some of so it is easy. deserved some, you know, whatever. But um, and I've noticed that when we do that, we tend to get a little more attention. Like if we're really going in hard on Klaus Schwab or something like that, it's like, oh, all these people get riled up because it's like, oh yeah, they can identify with that. Um, but that too. And again, Klaus Schwab may be a victim. Where some, you know, he doesn't have the hedge. He doesn't have the, the Holy Spirit leading him. And so he's susceptible to all kinds of doctrines mm-hmm. of demons. And so he's writing this book about the Great Reset and it's just absolutely ridiculous. But little does he know that he might be a pawn in creating this other movement because mm-hmm. most of the population, most of the world, even the elite. And we actually had a, an Atlantic article we read yesterday on, on News Talk that basically admitted that all these elites are hypocrites because they value the family unit, even though they're telling the society that, ah, that doesn't matter, you know, uh, be 50 different genders, uh, go marry whoever, go have kids, but they want, you know, a marriage and kids and, you know, these elite folks. And so the, the whole apparatus is not going to come by force, especially now. I mean, eventually, you know, I think God's judgment is part of that, but it's not going to, it's not going to come by force because there's too many people that are Uh, sort of aware and not going to accept that, especially in the West, it's going to come through the vehicle of conservatism and fighting back and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I think for Mm -hmm. us, um, I think I'm the oldest out of all of the three of us here. Uh, and I was talking to someone the other day and and saying most of American politics, at least in my life was conservative politics. You know, it was, it was your milk toast, Mm -hmm. boring, and that's what we, in hindsight, are calling New World Order neocons and all that kind of stuff. But during, you know, the 80s and 90s and stuff, it was kind of boring. You know, you had Bill Clinton and, and whatnot. But, you know, George Bush, the two Bush, mm-hmm. the, the father-son team, and it was just boring. But that's, you know, it was sort of building the apparatus. And it was conservative. And it's what people in uh, people our age now are trying to bring America back to. This is whole of the whole make America great again, you know? Uh, Okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, sure. There was some more freedoms or something at at a certain point, but is it really great? And what, what great are we talking about? Are we talking about, you know, resurrecting the, uh, the, the old Atlantis? Because America was founded as the new Atlantis. And so, if mm-hmm. who's going to lead that charge? And and how is that going to even happen? And that's why you know looking at the technology angle is a dead giveaway for all of this because it seems like this, um, you know, technology is sort of the the uh, uh, I don't know the the variable that makes things different with this new system, quote unquote, where the old system is, is clunky and, and slow and doesn't work and it's susceptible to corruption and all this kind of stuff. Well, let's bring in a new system. Let's bring in some transparent systems and it'll, it'll make people think that we, we have a more <coughs> secure world. And like you said, you know, peace, peace, and then sudden destruction. Um, and I, I, and again, see what I, I find it fascinating because for the last 10 years, the pre-wrath rapture is something that I've more or less thought of as the sort of rapture timing conversation. It's, I don't think it's as much of a mm-hmm. debate nowadays, but um, because I, there's just not as, you know, there's too much going on. People aren't like debating about stuff like that anymore. They're debating more <laughs> about, you know, other things, but uh, the, the sort of premise that the pre rathers presented in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so has been, Hey, pre-tribbers, you know, you guys might be falling into trap because if the antichrist rises and the pre-trib view is wrong and biblically it's, it's got some problems. I mean, every view has its pr- pros and cons, but if we're looking at it, if pr- the pre-tribbers are really adamant that we're out of here before the antichrist shows up and the antichrist shows up, you're not going to believe he's the antichrist, you know, <laughs> like what is it going to take? A, so, so it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact thing, but now it's, it's become, from sort of an in-house church discussion about when the rapture happens to this political thing. And now it's just, it's everywhere. And it's, uh, when you tie in geopolitics with Israel, when you're tying in third temple talk, all the messianic talk of Trump, it becomes very interesting. And I, I'm, uh, you know, we've, I think we might've touched on this in our last conversation, but to, push Trump to that next level of, uh, you know, presenting him as sort of this messianic figure. He's already got a lot of the, 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 the mistreatment of from the mainstream and even the legacy structures, you know, all that stuff, the persecution, all that kind of thing. And, and creating a false martyrdom in a sense um, that's already happening. And, but the only thing that can really push it to the next level is an assassination attempt, or perhaps mm-hmm. even something that gives him a mortal head wound, or something like that. And I don't want to see stuff like that happen. I'm not predicting it. I don't think any of us is trying to predict anything like that. But you know, it's always a little unsettling when you start seeing headlines about like, oh, what would it take to kill Trump or <laughs> assassinate Trump, or whatever. <laughs> and and that's coming from the mainstream, and that's obviously triggering the conservative and the right wing and all that. And they're saying, oh, this is a ridiculous or whatever. But man, if he survives an assassination attempt. Talk about galvanizing, you know, all the people like, oh, even your Mm -hmm. most ardent liberal, Uh you know, your most progressive be like, well, he doesn't. Well, some people might be like he deserves to die. I think some people are like that, but
1: I don't know. I think mm -hmm. there would be. Yeah, I think it would galvanize people on both sides for two different reasons. But yeah, I mean, you can Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. see that as a. As a, oh, almost got him. Almost, guys. We almost <laughs> took care of the problem. We
2: took care of him. Yeah, yeah. And and if he rises to prominence even more, it becomes very interesting. Um, I, uh, did you have something, Basil? No. I was going to mention, uh, mm-hmm. you, you had brought up Revelation. Uh, well, first of all, there was uh, one thing I wanted to mention, which is uh, the character of Demas. Demas in the Bible. Paul talks about Demas and he's, how he's sharing the gospel with him. I think in, uh, where was this, uh, Colossians, I think Colossians four. Yeah. He's talking about, uh, send Demas a greeting and whatnot. And then by the time we get to second Timothy four, um, it says that, uh, verse nine, make every effort to come to me quickly because Demas and his love of this world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So even all these people that were preaching the gospel with Paul abandoned him in pursuit of worldly affairs. You know his love of this world, and it doesn't exactly say what that was. You know, in the passages in the scriptures here, but it's just another example of uh, a lot of believers maybe led astray if they get caught in the in the trap of trying to figure it out now, here, now. And that's that's a you know I I have a problem with that. I I'm I, I'm a man, and so every time my wife is like, "Hey, I got this problem," I'm like, "Look, what's what's the solution? Let's figure out the solution." You know, so I think that's kind of built into us but um when it comes to revelation 17 and the 10 kings i've i've found this so interesting the 10 kings are the ones that give authority to the beast and they are they are able to rule uh, with the beast for one hour and um are you familiar with i think we've talked about it before you're familiar with chris white's book false christ will the antichrist Mm -hmm. present himself as a jewish messiah
0: i'm actually i'm actually reading it now well not right now but yeah i'm I'm reading it yeah
2: yeah so that that book really laid out for me pretty irrefutably i have not seen any refutes on this which is i i think is interesting that there's nobody that's willing to to tackle it um but the and there's a free online version of it for anybody who wants to check it out i think somebody Made what it is into it? A thing. What's the thing? It's called False Christ Will the Antichrist Claim to Be the Jewish Messiah. It's by Chris White, our friend Chris White. And um I think it was published in 2014, so it's about 10 years ago. And yeah, he just lays out in the book how biblically speaking, the antichrist appears to present himself as the Jewish Messiah. He's not sure if he's going to claim to be Jesus or not, and he sort of you know, speculates mm-hmm. on some of that. But the, the actions of the Antichrist are pretty clear, which is the defending of Israel and the elimination of its enemies. Daniel 11 goes through the, the wars of Antichrist and how he's defeating all these different kings that are coming at him. And he sets up the, the palatial tents. And it, it just appears, it, it, if the thesis is correct, he defeats the enemies of Israel, meaning Islam, which surrounds Israel right now. And boy, oh boy, is that (laughs) quite the topic nowadays geopolitically with what, you know, ever since October 7th, um, and not to mention all the messianic fervor that surrounds a guy like Trump with the, the third temple coin and stuff like that. Um, but your, uh, what, what, if you were to give a scripture, you know, one or two scriptures that sheds light and not to say that, you know, the scriptures are predicting Trump or anything like that, but, uh, that can be applied to a Donald Trump type of guy presenting himself as the Jewish Messiah, mm-hmm. which may be a, the antichrist. Is there one or two passages that, that, uh, comes to your mind?
0: Yeah, well, so now we're talking about, you know, uh, the beast and the harlot, right. right. And, and and I think the, the, the mistake I see a lot of prophetically minded Christians making is that they're conflating the beast and the harlot and, and, and almost yoking them into one entity,
3: mm.
0: but you know, they're, they're, they're two very separate entities and they both, uh, you know, uh, represent their own distinct things. So, you know, uh, the harlot, right. Uh, is is described as, you know, that great city where our Lord was crucified, the, right. the city yeah. that reigns over the kings of the earth. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and you said you read the book. I mean, I think it lays out very clearly using the Bible, how that great city can only be Jerusalem. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and in the same way, Jerusalem all throughout scripture has been referred to as a harlot Yeah, for, 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 for turning it's back on its marriage covenant with God is is the same way that mystery babylon is jerusalem which you know you know it's it's interesting because you know when you go down the rabbit hole what do you learn you learn that you know they control everything they control the 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 media they control the banks they control you know the governments this that and the third they're truly reigning over the kings of the earth right and in Revelation 7, we see that the beast carries the harlot. So, whatever control the harlot thinks she has over the beast is superficial at best. And, and uh, you know, the beast really has its, his own thing going on. So, so, later, 10 chapters later, we see in Revelation 17 that the beast ends up destro- hating and destroying the harlot. And, you know, and, and this is, and this is the whole thing. Uh, you know, it's interesting that in, uh, I'm not sure you guys remember with Q, obviously. And one mm-hmm, of the yeah. Q posts, what does it say? It says we are saving Israel for last.
2: For last. That's right. Yes. Yes. yes it says that. we
0: are saving Israel for last. And there's a lot of people, big Q proponents. There's one very specifically who, who, you know, I've got some beef with. Uh, it's all love, but I got some beef with him. Uh, his name's Ariel, Ariel, Ariel. His his username is Pro Proletario, but he's hmm. he is growing so quickly. I mean, it is insane the engagement he's getting, and you know he's telling everybody what what they want to hear. But but you know one of the fascinating things is you know he's very staunchly against Zionism, and he he also sees it as part of the machinations or rather the uh, head of the machinations of the illuminati or the globalist cabal and people will often ask him well hold on a second if trump's supposed to be the guy who's going to destroy the deep state and the jews are controlling the deep state why is trump so adamantly for israel and you know uh, and, and he says that what's happening right now is a is a military operation of infiltration that Trump is infiltrating the the the, the Jewish Talmudic led new world order in order to expose and eventually dismantle it which goes right in line with what I'm talking about about the beast versus the harlot and how the beast carries the harlot, how they're united at the beginning, but not in the end. And I think that, uh, that the deciding moment where, where things tar- take a turn is the abomination of desolation. Yeah. I, I, I think that this is the moment where things take a turn and the beast will begin to persecute the Jews, much like Hitler did, which was a prototype of the Antichrist. And, you know, you know, Jesus himself said, when you see the abomination of desolation take place, let everyone who is in Judea flee to run. the mountains. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run. Implying that there's going to be a great persecution. Yeah. Now here's, now, now, here's where it gets really interesting. Have you guys seen the Ark of the Covenant replica that Trump is in possession of at the Mar-a-Lago?
3: Yeah. No. Yeah. We didn't about-
0: know that. Oh, wow. Okay. So, do you guys know Kim Clement? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, firstly, he uh, he is a total prosperity gospel preacher, self-help guru, false prophet, uh, you know, one of those mm. peace peace prophets. But anyway, his he he's he's passed away, but his daughter now runs his ministry. And just yesterday, she was on a podcast that I was listening to while I was at the gym uh, with this guy. He's he's a very he's one of those new age guys who kind of calls himself a Christian, but you know when he talks, you can, you can hear the way he's 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 a new ager. He he believes in new age ideals, uh, you know. But they were talking about the Ark of the Covenant that was at uh, well, the replica, quote unquote, that was at Trump's Mar-a-Lago, and you know, they they uh, they were. She was essentially saying that you know this is part of you know a very big plan, a very big plan in the Great Awakening of dismantling the New World Order, as uh, dismantling this cabal. And you know, it's 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 fascinating. I know you said you weren't familiar, so let me just give some context. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, J- James O'Keefe. Do you guys know James O'Keefe, Project oh, Veritas?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. O- OMG yeah. now, right? He's uh, He got ousted from Project Veritas. But yeah, it's called OMG, oh, I think.
0: Okay, okay. Well, he posted a, a picture on Instagram next to uh, what he said was a perfect replica of the Ark of the Covenant that was revealed to a group of about 20 people in the Mar-a-Lago. And uh, he posted this. And I thought it was really interesting because a couple months prior, there were some news reports coming out that Israel had lent Donald Trump some ancient Israeli artifacts and that they've been trying to get it back for a while now. And then a couple months later, we see this replica of the Ark of the Covenant at Mar-a-Lago with James O'Keefe and Laura Loomer posing next to it. And then Jack Posobiec, you guys know him?
3: Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, Jack. Yeah, Jack Posobiec. You know, quote tweets it and goes, "Imagine thinking this is a replica." You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, imagine, <geez. laughs> imagine thinking that this is a replica, and you know, and and look, I don't know if it's a replica. It, 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 it probably is. I don't. I don't know if it's the real thing. I I don't know. But 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 what if? What if? This 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 replica or this Ark of the Covenant is going to be presented as the real thing whether it is or not I don't know but remember what the ark of the covenant is right it's 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 placed in the holy of holies right. a chamber that you know in the old testament you know you couldn't walk in there unless you were completely pure and clean and they had to tie a rope around your leg yeah just in case you went in there and you died they'd have to pull you out with the rope Right. So so the fact that Trump could have this thing and we see the preparations for the third temple already underway. I remember Kim Clement's daughter was saying that uh, they are they are planning on sacrificing the oldest red heifer uh, on Passover this year, which I think floats Around the time of that second great American eclipse. Yeah, the the
2: eclipse. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, and and that's the thing. So the red he- to, to give you some more context, the red heifer uh, isn't sacrificed in the temple. A lot of people think that the temple has to be built and then this this heifer is sacrificed. No, the heifer must be killed, burned, and then. And it's the ashes that carry the spiritual significance. Uh, and, and this has to be done facing, with, uh, before the temple's built, facing the temple mount. And this will be sort of the preparation ceremony for the beginning of the construction of the temple. And then we see people like Javier Malay, you know, uh, <laughs> saying that he wishes to see, you know, the Alaska mosque taken down. And the third temple built to usher in the messianic age. Right. right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and Tavier it's, it's being so, the president of Argentina.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally. He's the president of Argentina and he's talking about, you know, how he wants the third temple of Solomon built. Right. You know, yeah. but, but, but it's so interesting to, just to see how all of these things seem to be aligning. Right. And I don't want to come on here and and sound like I'm date setting. Because I don't I don't I don't date set. That's that's something that I stay away from doing. But I will say keep watch of these things, keep an eye on these things because everything seems to be pointing in this very specific specific trajectory that you know they're going to somehow build this temple. And by the way, a lot of people think that it's gonna take years to build. There are organizations in Jerusalem that are devoted and dedicated their sole purpose is to build the temple in three days three days that's yeah
2: Yeah, they've been talking about that for years now. I mean, they—they've—it's been. uh, I remember in 2013 or so, there were uh, articles about how all the third the new temple will be decked out with all kinds of modern technologies, like um, you know, at the time it was like censored toilets and stuff like that. It was just ridiculous (laughs) things at the time, you know. But now it's kind of like okay, maybe they're they're going to be building something even more. Now uh, on that, just have mm -hmm? it
1: built in three days. I mean, that's. That that's like they're making it happen. They gotta oh, yeah. get the go ahead. They just make it happen, and uh, that's one of those uh, things where we think you know the the world changes slowly and then all at once, and it yeah. uh, can really give you some whiplash as we as we've experienced the past few years, especially.
2: Yeah, so on since you brought up Malay, I was actually, I think I ranted about this, and I don't know if I was making my point clearly on his talk a few episodes ago. (laughs) Um, But, so back to the Ten Kings here. Uh, Malay, one of the things he said when he visited Jerusalem a couple weeks ago, uh, other than uh, to rebuild the Temple of Solomon, was that he wants to bring the... uh, uh, the ambassadorship. Well, what's the official word? I'm trying to find the, uh,
1: the embassy. The, the, the
2: embassy. Thank you. The embassy of Argentina to Jerusalem. So I was like, okay, interesting. I know Donald Trump did that in 2018 to bring the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. What? How many embassies are in Jerusalem right now? And it took. It actually took a little bit of digging for me to find. I don't know why they are not super clear about it. Although there there are some places that mention it now. And the current number is eight. I thought mm. it was six, but it's up to eight now, and you know I, I'm not saying that that's what the ten kings are going to be, but well, it's interesting that there's you know eight, and then that is What happens when it gets to ten? Ten uh, people in the embassy, which, by the way, if the United States is one of the the horns of the beast because that's what uh I think Revelation 13 says is that uh, or let me see let me double check that um the horns you saw or the crowns you saw was it the crowns or the horns oh, I'm getting mixed the, up the
0: horns you saw the, the horns that you saw are the ten seven horns, horns are seven 10 kings 10 oh, horns, the ten horns.
2: Yeah, yeah the 10 horns are 10 kings is what I think it was yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. sorry the 10 horns you saw were 10 kings who they, who have not yet received the kingdom but will receive One hour of authority as kings, along with the beast. These kings have one purpose to yield their power and authority to the beast. And in Revelation 18, when Mystery Babylon or the harlot is destroyed, you know, the merchants are mourning and stuff like that. And it talks about how the kings of the earth fornicated with the harlot and got wealthy. And so when you think about that, it's like, okay, the harlot is Jerusalem, or you know, you can call it my, it's eschatological Jerusalem, but you can see how. Uh, you can call it Zionism, you can call it Jews, you, you know, because it's tough because you get. Uh, for people that are not looking into this, they're, they're going to automatically, you know, come up with labels and stuff if you're not careful with the words. But it, it seems to me that this sort of progress or prosperity that we've had in the Western world and the world at large, and, you know, I've heard arguments from atheist types that are like, yeah, you know, there's problems nowadays, but hey, we, uh, We've had, uh, we've had more prosperity and peace now than most of human history. That, that kind of talk I think is interesting because if that is the case, that Jerusalem, Israel getting into the world and you can call it democracy, Westernization, you can say NATO, you know, <laughs> there are all these different ways you can look at it. If the merchants of the earth got wealthy and then eventually they turn their back on Jerusalem the city and, and leaves it desolate is what the passage says. I, you Mm -hmm. know, it just seems to me that 10 Kings, 10 nations that come to the aid of Jerusalem, eventually turning their back and then destroying her, leaving her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. I, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things that makes me think about what could be. Uh, But again, again, like you said, not date setting, Mm -hmm. but any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, that, I, I actually was not aware of what you were talking about. How there's eight uh, national embassies in Jerusalem, uh, and that's that's interesting actually. And you said you said you said Malay said he desired to be one, so that would make nine, correct?
2: I see. That's what I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he makes eight or I think he does make nine. So I, mm. if he if he is nine, then it might be something to kind of keep an eye on who's getting ready to do. Because it's one of those mm-hmm. things where you know we've always had the. I think back in the day, people were talking about the the G countries, it was like G eight or G seven. And they're like, Oh, yeah. wait till it gets to t- to 10 and be the 10 Kings. And then they're like, yeah, yeah. G13, G20, G 13, G 20, G, you know, it just <laughs> like, kept going. So that wasn't it, but it's yeah. similar to that type of thing where yeah. you're kind of looking for it. So, right, um, right,
0: right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the, you know, the, everything you're saying, I mean, it's, it just, it just, it just the trajectory of all this, it's just so, crazy how much it aligns right and then you know we have to be really really careful though during this time because you know what we see happening right now especially in our circles well i don't know about you but in, in a lot of like my like uh, some of my friends my really good friends for example you know they're they're very very heavy into this idea that you know you know uh that the jews are the beast that the, that the the Jewish new world order is the beast. Mm. And this goes into this conflation I was talking about, you know, because it's going to be these very same people who are going to be praising the beast when he destroys them. Right. Right. So, and, and and this is why I talk all the time about being very careful about this. You know, it is, it is, you know, anti-Semitism, you know, because it's, 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 it's making, a flesh and blood enemy, and conflating it with the root of, of of all our problems, just like Hitler did. And you know, I was talking about the cyclical nature of global events, and it's funny because right before Hitler rose to power in the Weimar Republic, there was an influx of societal moral decay, and you know, LGBT, and all of these very, uh, you know, godless. You know all this godless immorality, right? And and this was the this was the presupposition to what Hitler would rise in response to, right? And it's yeah. the same thing we're seeing happening today with the rise of leftism and all of this uh, godless immorality. Well, what's going to rise is godless morality, right? It's godless immorality versus godless morality. Both sides are godless. It's just that you know one uh, looks righteous or appears to be righteous on the surface to the undiscerned, and that's the side you got to watch out for. It's the Jehu response, right? And it's it's not, yeah. And 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 uh, (laughs) you know, uh, when it comes to Israel, you know, I see a lot of people like. What's his name? Brother Nathaniel. Are you guys familiar with him?
2: Yeah. Where is that? The hat? Isn't he Orthodox or Russian Orthodox? Yeah. I, yeah.
0: I think, he, I think yeah, he's some sort of Orthodox, but I mean, I, I, I think that he's leading people into a very dangerous spiritual trap with, with how he uh, frames the, the, uh, you know, the spiritual battle, you know, he, he's framing it like you know it's us versus the jews right <laughs> you know what i mean but it's yeah. it's this very mentality that's going to lead to the beast and it and it's interesting because you know much like uh you know god delivered jerusalem in 70 AD into the hands of her, of her enemies because she played the harlot so too in the great day of the lord god is going to deliver jerusalem into the hands of her enemies uh at, for her harlotry and her wickedness, and the beast destroying her is going to be part of God's judgment against her. Right? You know what I mean. And and that's the thing. It's like so many Christians, you know, are being deceived into joining this this movement, right? Without understanding, you know, they you know that number one, you know, the Jews, their rejection of Christ. And, and their mistake is also a part of God's plan of redemption, right? because we see you know the Apostle Paul talks about this extensively in Romans 11 you know have, have you know uh, <clears throat> you know have, have they has God abandoned them? like certainly not, right but through their transgressions, you know uh, and, and through the and through the the faith of the Gentiles will provoke them to spiritual jealousy. And that, you know, there's a time coming where you know uh, where they will be saved, where where the, where that veil will be lifted from their eyes, and and they will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. And and the thing is, what a lot of Christians are doing right now is they're just ripping Romans eleven from their Bible, and you know they're focusing so much. On Revelation chapter two nine and three nine by the synagogue of Satan, synagogue right? Of Satan, Those yeah. who say there, mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 the rise of this, you know, Khazarian theory, right? Which I yeah. call the Khazarian myth, right? And 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 it's the idea that you know the Jews in Israel aren't real mm-hmm. Jews. You know, the formation of Israel isn't the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. That all of this, this, all of this is just. Uh, is it, just uh, designed to look like it's happening prophetically, but it's really not. And this, again, it goes into missing the mark. And I have Christians I have Christians telling me that, you know, Israel's formation is not a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Again, they're forgetting God's sovereignty, right? They're forgetting you know, <laughs> that whatever means that he uses, whether it be good or evil, you know, he uses that and guides it uh, for his overarching purpose, and you know, Israel is a very important place, specifically Jerusalem, because that's where Christ is going to reign from. You know, you know, he's going to sit on David's seat. He's, gonna, he's going to, he's going to, he's uh, going to fulfill the Davidic covenant and reign from Jerusalem. And what Satan, part of Satan's plan is he's trying to stop Christ from reigning there right he's trying he's trying he's he's trying to 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 to, to stop uh, Christ from establishing his millennial kingdom and that's why he uh, counterfeits it with the antichrist with the beast and then tries to destroy it and Christians are setting themselves up to being deceived by the beast and in, in their in their uh, you know, thirst for vengeance against the Jews, right? I see so many people rising up uh, like Stu Peters and, you know, all these people, you know, and they say the enemy is the Jews. You know, that's the root of all our problem. It's the Jews. Again, it's exactly like what happened in Hitler, uh, with Hitler. And why didn't people see Hitler coming? Because he wore the mask of, tr- of Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't a Christian. But he disguised himself as one. And and in the same way, he's a prototype for the Antichrist who rises with a false Christianity. The same way that Jehu represented a false Judaism, right? It's all cyclical. It's all the same thing happening over and over again, leading up to the complete and final fulfillment uh, of the end times.
2: Awesome. Very good. I want to be respectful of your time. Um you've given us almost a couple hours now and I think we can just keep going forever to be honest. And I, I was in one of your spaces, <laughs> your your end times Q&A and you know I I really commend you for doing that as well as you know being um being gentle with the people out there because there are I, I see some of the the vitriol. Uh I see some of the rebuttals, people coming after you, uh, but you handle it with grace and I think it's very uh, indicative of where your heart is with this stuff. It's not, you're, you know, you're not trying to convert anybody. And that's uh, something that I think we've uh, here at Canary Cry have resonated with you on is that we You know, we, we share a lot of different views on the show. We have a lot of guests on that may not agree with every detailed view about the end times and whatnot. Um, but I think it's important to have these discussions and, and handle disagreements with grace and to examine those things and have conversation, especially, you know, you seem to not you, but I think the younger crowd, especially those who are seeking an experience, uh, some sort of sign some sort of confirmation um, uh, the the disenfranchised youth uh, th- they're always looking for something and it's it's a very dangerous time to get caught up in one view or another and and get really into it and i, I I've, yeah. I've been guilty of what you've said right that you outlined with the whole like anti-zionist thing in the Jews And it's not so much that I've ever called like, oh, the, all the Jews are evil or anything like that. It's more of a geopolitical criticism of the Zionist infrastructure. But I I fully Mm. agree with you in the context of, we're not trying to just like tear it all down, overthrow it, kill them. And that's not really the point either. And there's a nuance that is very challenging, I think, for people to find because it's uncomfortable. It's a narrow, the narrow path is not clear and it's very uncomfortable to walk.
1: That does uh, remind me of something I definitely wanted to uh, quickly ask you about. I've been mm-hmm. sort of repeatedly ranting recently about, uh, you know, if, uh, listening to different podcasts, different online personalities, different uh, influencer types, or whatever. And there seems to be we're in such unique circumstances, such so uh, such a specific set of. Uh, worldwide circumstances that is giving a center point of experience for a lot of sane thinking people uh, across the board, whether it's geopolitics, whether it's culture war, whether all these things. And at the same time, we have a generation you know including millennials but you're we're seeing it I'm seeing it especially with gen z's uh and people coming into uh adulthood that there has been a moment it feels like a moment in history where even on the secular side of Narrative questioning, the secular side of online communities, these types of things. uh, There is at least a respect of things like Christian principles, and and I I mentioned this. One of the big examples is Tim Pool. I know you're on the Tim Pool show. Is that correct?ly Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's very very cool. Congratulations! I just. I just he's recently, jealous. You're jealous. Yeah. Just say
2: how jealous you are.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think I could handle it. I think uh, Tim Pool might make me cry. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's uh, it was a very unusual thing for me to get used to with Tim Pool because he is so explicitly fighting the culture war. The culture war is his. That is his mission. He is proudly standing on the front lines of the culture war and doing uh, what he can to affect it in the ways he seems fit. And it's interesting for myself, maybe it's just, you know, some sort of spiritual proclivity or something that the culture war is something I try to avoid uh, getting caught up in. Uh, So Mm -hmm. to to listen to Tim Poole and this sort of proud uh, involvement in the culture, where it was it was kind of new for me, a new experience to kind of uh, try to find some sort of generative uh, connection with. Um, <clears throat> but in these places like Tim Pool, we find an evolving or an, a, a budding appreciation for christianity christian principles not just conservatism but but specifically uh, you know interest in christian perspective and christian way of life i think temple's interest in this is probably went a long way to getting you on the show and i'm very happy that that this is happening but across the board we see the consideration of christian principles as valuable in this world where morality is, uh, you know, the, the compass of morality is spinning faster than people can keep up with. Uh, mm-hmm. Gen Z, millennials were promised a world of freedom, a promised a world of pleasure, promised a world uh, of an easy life and a prosperous life. And they did everything the system told them to do, which included eschewing and ignoring Christian principles because they're evil, they're non-secular, they're, they're the cause of all the wars, whatever. Uh, but now there's this, this very interesting leaning in going on uh, to Christian principles. And I, I can only sort of theorize that in a world that is so wildly uh, devoid of an effective roadmap for life. This interest in a centuries-old uh, way of life that seems to have worked pretty dang well for civilization and pretty dang well for individuals when done, you know, authentically and earnestly, and and uh, with with sort of attention to. The inner sp- sort of spirituality of the whole thing, not just the political Christianity, there's this rise going on. And I'm not going to s- I can't quite say it's, you know, a full uh, uh, revival? You know, revival, revival. Yeah, not- I, I don't know, and maybe it is, maybe it's the early stages, maybe something. I don't know if it's necessarily a full Christian revival, but it is at least a, a real tide change in the perception of traditional Christian values, traditional Christian principles. And when <clears throat> certain members of the secular uh, community are seeing sort of stalwart, principled people enduring the crazy world that we live in, there's, there seems to be a spark of inspiration there. Uh, does that bring up any thoughts for you? How do you see that
0: playing mm-hmm. out? I mean, it's,
1: it's, again, another cause for optimism for me, uh, especially with that connection <laughs> with Tim Pool and yourself.
2: i trying to pull you off the well, optimism ledge, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm actually, I'm actually very glad that you brought up this uh, revival talk. And uh, I, there's there's a really really uh, good channel that I recommend that you uh, look into. His name is E Five Eleven Ministries, and oh, yeah. Uh, he yeah, and he talks he talks about this uh, growing quote unquote revival and how you know on the surface it seems Christian, right? It seems like you know people are you know uh waking up to you know Christianity right but you know it it these these terms like revival and you know they're being used in a biblical sounding way but really are leading into this awakening right and we see uh like the NAR for example you know they've been talking about this revival and you know the 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 Paula Whites and the Kenneth Copelands and the Todd Whites and the you know uh, all of these all of these people you know they they're they're and and the and the Sean Foyts right they're all talking about this revival that's happening in conjunction with the culture war now th- this ties back into what i've been talking about about in the same way, Jehu brought to fruition a false Judaism, right? Because let's think about the golden calves for a second that Jeroboam set up in Dan and Bethel. They were meant to imitate the temple, uh, the the temple service in Jerusalem, right? So, so you know, a foreigner who came into uh, into the Northern Kingdom they would they would see it and they would think that it's just you know that that it's just it's just it's normal judaism right. but it was a it was a counterfeit right and in the same way that you know uh the uh, the golden calves uh counterfeited or mimicked judaism and created a false judaism is the same way that this rising quote unquote revival of christian ethics and principles on the surface it looks christian right it says it says a lot of christian sounding things but ultimately is leading people into this awakening deception into this uh into this uh you know peace 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 and prosperity you know Mm. and uh i really recommend watching uh 8 5 video about, he has so many videos about this. Probably yeah. the best one to look at would be uh, uh, King Jehu's War Against Jezebel. It's a three-part video series. It's about, it's about nine hours long altogether. But, and it's very demanding. But, I mean, if you watch it, and he, and he what he does is, he pulls clips. Well, first he goes over the biblical story about Jehu and Jezebel, and he lays out how it's a prototype of the Great <laughs> Awakening and then he shows us all of the rhetoric happening in the church and the culture right now and the pendulum that seems to be swinging back from the left to the right and it's this pendulum swing that is going to lead to the rise of the apostate church and mm. it's going to be and it's going to be called a revival it's going to be called <laughs> do, you, do you see what I'm saying here?
1: Yeah, no, totally. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, and that's that's kind of an interesting part about it and, and why I kind of resisted calling it a revival. I actually grew up in what is now called, especially by the critics, the NAR. And so I ha- I grew up with a lot of experience in that idea. and And what was, I mean, the word revival was almost kind of worn out like at some point i'm not even sure if anybody knew what a revival was <laughs> well, because a- N- it was such
2: nar being the uh, the uh uh new, new apostolic, apostolic reformation, reformation. Yeah, that's right. kind
1: of the, the, the nar people would not call themselves that but that is the identifications mm-hmm. just so people know what we're talking about um mm-hmm. and you know this word revival is used maybe 800 times per service, no matter where you were. And this was mm-hmm. kind of the big thing and it got everybody all amped up and, uh, you know, got the, got the tithes flowing, got the, got the motivation for volunteering motivate. I mean, and there's, you know, a true heart in my experience for uh, evangelism, things like this. But you know, that, that great revival never quite came. The big prophesied, you know, revivals eh, never quite reached the level that, that people were told. And so, you know, when I hear, see, and hear individuals like Tim Pool start hailing the, uh, again, principles, values, and maybe in their, in that context, the sort of, I'll call it Christian mythos, uh, maybe they don't necessarily want to believe the literal uh, interpretations of the Bible, but they appreciate the mythos of Christianity because of its proximity to conservative political values. And again, it sort of mirrors this idea that Trump as a political messiah will make the world better will bring the kingdom of god as a as a political actor and the, especially among the political individuals online christian ethics christian values christian things ideas you know they are in such close proximity to political conservatism that You know you think of apostate church you think of i don't know false christianity or whatever word you want to use to describe it we think of it more towards a sort of new agey bad theology uh, not really saved type of uh, description but in reality it is this, it, it, I, I see what you're saying. I'm kind of pro- processing it as uh, we're talking here, that it is the same sort of unfortunate sin of using Christianity for political purposes. Mm-hmm. You have people mm-hmm. identifying with yeah. Christian values for political reasons, again, which the on, the one and only answer, the simplest answer, and the one that will solve everything is to vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. You, yeah
0: yeah yeah I, I just just to pick you off of, of what you said a little bit you know uh, just to you back on what you said up a little bit it, it's interesting you know uh, I forget who exactly it was I think it was Irenaeus uh, the early church father mm-hmm. who said that the, the most dangerous people uh, to the Saints are not you know the, those who stand in opposition to our faith but those who profess our to, to, to be of our faith but have a distorted view or a twisted view of it, right? Yeah. And, and he said that those are the most dangerous ones, and I, I completely agree. The ones who, you know, believe they're on the side of Christianity, but they have a distorted or twisted view of it, are the most dangerous ones. And I believe these are the same people who are going to offer up the saints to be killed and believe that they are doing service to God. Right, because they're gonna see the saints as, you know, doom and gloom pessimists and you know, or even proponents of the of of the Antichrist. When and by the Antichrist they'll mean, you know, the great reset and all, you know, all, all, all this stuff. Yeah. And 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 we're seeing that right now. I mean, you know, if you look at a lot of the backlash that I get, you know, it's it's the same thing they were saying to the, the, the one true, it's the same thing The 500 false prophets were saying to the one true prophet, you know, which is that, you know, that, you know, he was a prophet of doom and that, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to have victory. How dare you, you know, try to, try to, uh, you know, uh, how dare you, yeah,
1: exactly. How dare you offend our optimism? Yeah, right,
0: (laughs) right. And that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be these very same people who are going to be the harbingers of the beast kingdom.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a quote that I want to read, and then maybe you guys can guess who it is. The quote is, Today Christians stand at the head of this country. I pledge that I will never tie myself to parties who want to destroy Christianity. We want to fill our cultural culture again with the Christian spirit. We want to burn out all the recent immoral developments in literature, in the theater, and in the press. In short, we want to burn out the poison of immorality which has entered into our whole life and culture as a result of liberal excess during the past few years. I'm going to
1: have to guess because of the recent media explosion about one of those words, I'm going to have to guess that it's probably Hitler.
2: It is absolutely Hitler. Yeah. 1922, <laughs> 1939. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> Can you send me that quote? Cause that, I mean, that just perfectly yeah. in, encapsulates everything that I'm saying right yeah. now. And, and it's like, this, this is the real enemy. It, it's the one that's coming from under our noses right it's it's really ironic you know when you think about it and it's this and it's this beautiful uh, uh stir of irony <laughs> that is that is going to culminate yeah. in all these things and it's 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 just really it's, interesting
1: oh no it's perfect and it mirrors perfectly the idea that the great awakening or whatever counterculture movement is going on now of course it is infiltrated by Uh, those who wish to guide it or steer it for their own purposes, not, and I don't just mean like, oh, this alternative media personality or this podcaster or this individual. I mean like the CIA, like the deep state making it so easy under the guise, uh, similarly under the guise of Christian principles, under the guise of Christian ideas or language, but also you know, language is a big part of it. Cause if you speak the language of a group, uh, that's a good way to gain their favor, gain their trust, and then, you know, get what you want out of them. And Christianity is a group where if you know the language, if you can speak Christianese, you can, you can really do really well in the group, even, mm-hmm. even if your fruit or your intentions are not in the right place. And I think, Similarly, or even just perfectly parallel, would be speaking the language of the Great Awakening, as AJ calls it and as lots of people call it here, which is everybody getting red-pilled and fighting against the New World Order. It's exactly the same. If a group or a person can speak the language of the Great Awakening, they can come in, gain uh, influence or gain whatever, and and do whatever, get, extract resources on a basic level, uh, misdirect uh, you know political will or action, and then ultimately sabotage in whatever they w- way they want, and not just sabotage, but also. Ah, uh, create a sort of puppet enemy, much like what a you know Christianity. Uh, somebody comes in, for instance, like Hitler, claiming to be Christian, mm-hmm. and then creating a a sort of hi- historical triggering, uh, programming touchstone that could forever be wielded against Christians in the same way the Great Awakening. Who knows? There might be. Maybe they're not activated yet. Maybe we can't point them out yet. They might be here. They might be coming. But individuals uh, who, under the guise and speaking the language of the Great Awakening, can ultimately be used as a, a, a trigger or a, a piece of programming to whatever, absolutely either control or, or destroy elements that uh that whoever the deep state or whatever uh wants to or or would benefit from i guess is the whole thing so uh that -hmm. discern that discernment aspect again this is the type of discernment that we as humans in our own power fall victim to so easily so easily Mm -hmm. it's so easy to deceive So yeah. easy to, to, uh, miscomprehend, uh, an actor around us. And so discernment, like true Holy spirit discernment is really the only chance at, uh, mm-hmm. navigating and enduring the times we're in. Yes,
0: absolutely. And, and, to, you know, to be fair, you know, I also fell into this trap, you know, not a lot of people know, but, uh, I was a big, big time supporter of Donald Trump from the time he announced his run for office until about 2021. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, it, it's funny. I even met my wife at a MAGA rally. <laughs> you oh, know wow. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah Trump, yeah. The, you know, the Trump movement, the, all of this has been such a, that you know, the conspiracy to the rabbit hole. All of these things that I'm warning mm-hmm. against have been such, in, you know, big parts of my life. And, you know, now that I'm really, you know, Uh, looking at it in retrospect and just, you know, having a bird's eye view on all of it, I see now exactly how I fell into it and how other people are as well, right? And like a lot of people say, oh, you know, you figured it out. You think you're smarter than everyone. No, 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 no. Everyone's deceived but you. And it's like, no, (laughs) like, you know, I was already deceived. It wasn't by, you know, it wasn't by anything but the grace of the Holy Spirit that I, you know, that I uh, became privy to my deception. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's what's needed. You know, we need to be led by the spirit and not by the flesh. And this is, you know, a, a very clever spiritual trap that is being placed in front of us. And 99% of people are taking the bait because yeah, yeah. they're so hyper focused on their physical circumstances. And that's really what it all yeah. comes down to. Yeah. yeah.
1: there's, there's two cognitions sort of happening at the same time and one of them is primarily sort of truther oriented in their worldview but then there's primarily Christ oriented in our worldview and we operate with both we like we we are that is that that is the defining feature of our genre, our community, our whatever, our, our focus is both Christ and then the, the capital T truther stuff, conspiracy theorists, whatever, you, whatever name you want to put on it. And what I see in what you're describing is much like you can't serve two masters.
3: Mm-hmm. If you
1: have both mm-hmm. of these aspects of how you're operating the world, the conspiracy or the Christ, one has to be above the other
3: yeah
1: they cannot be equal and what i what i'm kind of processing is that you have to choose which one is above the other and if your conspiracy is the uh, you know if uh, your conspiracy mind is the primary operating system going uh on a daily basis then your christ mind or your your christ perspective uh is not primary and it mm-hmm. sounds like really the 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 shift that you're describing in yourself, uh, if I may go so far as to try to re-describe it to you, it sounds like the shift went from from primarily conspiracy-minded to primarily Christ-minded. And when when you make Christ the primary way that you are looking at the world, the conspiracy stuff can be there but it is secondary and that christ mm. perspective is what is what i hear you describing as the 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 shift you know shifting over to that primary mm. mode and for those who have the conspiracy mind as their primary mode That's going to – you are, of course, going to rub people the wrong way. Of course people are going to push back on it because while they may have Christ as their secondary, that conspiracy mind is taking primary role in how they move through the world.
0: Yes, exactly. And that's why so much of the pushback I get is from even Christians who say, you really think that the Gabal controls everything and they didn't manipulate the Bible?
3: You really think
0: that they, you know, and and, and we have, we have, you know, and we have God's word again, this is Mm. only a Testament to how their conspiracy mind is primary and their Christ mind is secondary. And this is exactly the shift that Satan has subtly put in us to lead up to this great deception. And that's exactly why I think Isaiah eight warns, you know, do not call conspiracy what the world calls conspiracy. And, you know, that's what happened with King Saul, you know, towards the end of his, <clears throat> towards the end of his reign, he began, you know, getting paranoid and he was, he was, he was overcome with paranoia right. and thinking that everybody was conspiring against him. And this led him into doing a lot of evil things like murdering an entire village, right? Mm, like per yeah. like pers- like persecuting his brother, David. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and 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 this is exactly in the same way that this paranoia, this conspiracy mind, is going to lead Christians into persecuting their brothers. Mm. That's what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. that if you're, we're already seeing it.
1: Uh, we're yeah. already seeing yeah. it on sort of an interpersonal level. And it, again, it just takes one sort of historical moment in the world to shift it just from like rhetorical attacks on the internet to physical or political attacks mm-hmm. on our brothers and sisters in Christ.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, was going to say that if, if if for people listening or are still listening and you're new to all this, if you're feeling uncomfortable, that's probably a good thing, you know. It's probably the conviction of the Holy Spirit trying to get you to 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 at least consider some different things. Um, But before we let you go, Donnie, I I wanted to touch a little bit on some of the weirdness of Trump. The first thing I wanted Mm -hmm. to show was the, uh, how the mainstream has been preparing this sort of messianic talk about Trump for, it seems like a long time. And the more you dig up, the more you find, Mm but, uh, one of them is, um, so you had a, a series of tweets here and I'm I'm going to show some of it on the screen for for people watching. There was a magazine, mm-hmm. Razor Magazine back in 2004, uh Trump there, he's a young young buck there, 2004, he's got a halo over his head and the caption is the resur- resurrection and ascension of Donald Trump. So there's, you know, just fancy language. And then more recently, I think it was uh uh, you had mentioned uh 60, 60 minutes, minutes Australia. Australia yeah they they had the resurrection of Donald Trump and then now they have the second coming of Donald Trump <laughs> it's like <laughs> man, they're really leaning into this this talking point which is interesting that it's the mainstream media doing it almost to inflame i don't know it's 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 an interesting tactic because it for those who are for for people like you Donnie if someone is mm-hmm. critical of your view you know, it's hold on. I'm trying to map it out in my head. I had it a second ago, but it gets a little confusing. I, I, I
0: get where you're going with it. Yeah, I get yeah. where you're going with this? Yeah. So, so yeah, I I think what you're going with this is, you know, 60 Minutes Australia. All these people, you know, they're they're more so cabal aligned, and they're even playing into this Trump messianic right thing, right. right? Yes, and and to that, I would say that at the at the at the top of the pyramid of deception lies not human beings, but Uh, Spiritual forces Right And uh, all of these instances Of predictive programming All of this numerology All this stuff that just Aligns just so perfectly I don't think any human being Is capable of it You mentioned earlier That those without the Holy Spirit Are completely susceptible To uh, You know uh, To influence Satanic influence And uh, even possession Right And, And What I think All of these Signs and predictive programming and, and foreshadowing is not a result from the heart of the people who did it, but rather uh, were being were our vessels that are uh, are being used by spiritual forces for these things to align in such a way. If that makes sense,
2: yeah, and it's it's fascinating because on the Trump side, like the pro-Trump side, they are also pushing for a sort of a messianic messaging of Trump, which, you know, it's like, okay, well both sides seem to be, uh, I don't know, framing Trump as this messianic figure, whether it's pro-Trump or anti-Trump. And that's just its really interesting to me. I know you had a video uh, that was shared by Dilly Meme Team. And mm-hmm. uh, it's so you mentioned at 18 seconds, the video shows an image of Trump on the cross to illustrate the comparison. So yeah, it's, I mean, you don't get yeah. much more <laughs> blatant than that is to get Trump on a yeah. cross or something and <laughs> making him look messianic.
0: Yeah. The Dilly meme team, uh, uh, made the video God made Trump, which Trump, uh, posted on truth social and uneven pinned to his, uh, to the top of his timeline. And I don't know if you guys, are you guys familiar with that video? The God made Trump video. Yeah, yes.
2: we're we're yeah. showing it right now with the I freeze frame the the scene where the you know they're in the living room and the TV is on and Trump is literally on a cross.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the other video. Oh, it's but a different there's, video. There's a, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's another really interesting video. But before that video, they made the God made Trump video. Okay. And in the video, uh, uh, it's 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 uh it's uh it's a uh, it's, uh, it's playing off the God the God made a farmer thing. Yeah. And, uh, but, 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 you know, as we go into it, you know, it says, you know, uh, it, it, it says, it says that, uh, you know, Trump is a shepherd for humanity that will never leave or forsake them. Mm, and that's, right. and that's, that's, that's Christ they're talking about yeah. that, that language that, you know, you know, that the, the shepherd over mankind who will never leave or forsake them. That's Christ.
1: that's But wild. they're attributing
0: it to Donald Trump. And, you know, I, I I posted this video and I said, guys, this is really, this is really troubling. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the amount of Christians that attacked me, you know, and just completely missed the, the, the point of what I was saying, you know, well, what's wrong with the video? God did make Trump. He made everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and wow. it's like, well, that's not the, but do you see how eh, it's just, <laughs> I'm like, well, well, yeah, obviously God made Trump. I'm not saying he didn't make Trump. But I'm saying that the, the language being used to portray Trump is is, is 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 language that is attributed to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And p- people, people, the very fact that people don't find stuff like this troubling is just tells me that we are ready for this deception. We yeah. are yeah. so ready.
1: <laughs> it really displays a, a sort of spiritual blindness. To come at that video and try to defend, defend it, <laughs> just uh, defend, it. defend
2: it. How do you defend it? How? I don't know. How
1: do you defend it? I don't, like, <laughs> you just, you have to be willfully ignoring the obvious spiritual truths being, you know, so, or spiritual deceptions, either way, uh, in in the video. You have to really, really, really either be spiritually blind or willfully ignorant, yeah, uh, yeah, and of, that's of the whole thing. Do- yeah. mm-hmm.
0: That's the whole thing. It doesn't it doesn't take the Holy Spirit to see the great reset and all this evil tyranny as wicked, but mm-hmm. it does take the Holy Spirit to discern what's true from what's almost true, and that's yeah. the whole thing. Yes. You know, it's easy to, to 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 discern right and wrong, but but the discerning between right and almost right that's where the spirit-filled discernment is crucial,
3: you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. like the
2: rat poison thing. It's the you know ninety-nine percent of rat poison is just healthy, whatever. But it's that little one percent that can kill you. You know, to kill the rat or whatever. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, and it yeah, shows. Rat poison's ninety-nine percent edible. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It shows the focus. It shows the absolute spiritual focus that Christians need to maintain right now. You know, there is no room there is no wiggle room for stuff like this because the mm-hmm. the consequences are ultimate as far as uh deception versus uh, avoiding the deception i mean this is maybe one of the most important uh things we got to keep our eye out for in these times uh and uh, you know you got to stay sharp man again going back to the uh the you know praying Uh, just not even praying daily, praying at all moments. You have to be spiritually discerning you got to be sharp you got to be uh really in tune with the holy spirit what the holy spirit's doing uh on a big level but also on individual levels because you start losing your focus on on specifics like that these little tiny things they will add up and put you in a place you really don't want to be in and you won't even know it until it's too late
0: exactly that's the whole thing People are not going to know what's happening until it's too late. Like I said, God's wrath is literally going to be poured on them, and they're still not going to understand. Mm. (laughs) Like it just goes to show the level of delusion. And that's what God said in 2 Thessalonians. says, I shall send a strong delusion because they love not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. And that's what we're seeing happen.
1: Yeah. yeah, and again, that word truth—like you're talking now—we have to like stipulate between truth, TM, you know, truth tr- trademarks, truth, capital T truth, <laughs> lower T truth, like even the <laughs> distinctions between these uh, uh, truth. It's almost like you need a uh, a dictionary whenever somebody's <laughs> talking about the truth. It's crazy. Yeah,
2: I, I yeah, think like I, truth
1: I, social. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to, there's
2: something on Truth social I wanted to mention as, uh, as well, but um, I think I figured out the mainstream thing. So, okay. So we have uh-huh. an NPR article here that was re- in response to that video we were just talking about. A video making yeah. the rounds online depicts Trump as a Messiah-like figure. And for the mainstream to pick this up, I think this actually serves as the... Uh, the the I guess a scapegoat or the misdirection for people that are critical, like uh, for someone like you, Donnie or maybe us, mm-hmm. if we bring up the fact that hey, maybe Trump's not really all that great, you know, it's like, this could be part of the deception? Well, what are you NPR? You you try to yeah. criticize? You're like a liberal progressive, like <laughs> part of the establishment. I think that's what this is the the fodder mm-hmm. that can be used against mm-hmm. people that would push back against the idea of a you know trump being a, messi- a messiah figure or being presented as one so
0: yeah is, is, isn't it funny isn't it funny that uh when trump like first came around what was the left saying they were saying that he's the antichrist right, right? they were saying <laughs> yeah, that he's right. the antichrist and isn't it so funny that you know the, the by the left saying that has actually Hardened the right against that idea. So if anyone yeah, says, yeah. you know, Trump may be the antichrist, like you said, oh, what are you a leftist? What are you a liberal? Right. That's why. That's why. That's why so many people attack me and say that I'm a Democrat shill and I, I'm a Hillary supporter <laughs> and that I love Biden. It's like this is the kind of stuff that is so cleverly placed in front of us to, to like you said, to use as it's it's fodder, right? And it's and it's and it's it's bait. And it, you know, you know, the the, the it, it's making Christians so disgusted by the by this idea, and it's only hardening them in their resolve and in their delusions.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Let me uh, let me play a clip from MSNBC real quick, and this one is uh, mm-hmm. again MSNBC, mainstream news, Trump connection with a different type of evangelical voter being indicted for you, um, my first thought went to well jesus christ died for my sins jesus died for me and so i it connects in my brain that way like okay he's doing this for us as a country to make the changes we need to make and he's the target where we don't have to be (laughs) yeah so in in her brain she is connecting trump to jesus and that and on full display on MSNBC, again, mainstream media carrying these types of interviews. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah.
0: And then, and what does Trump say? You know, you know, I'm not the target. You're the target. Right. right. But I'm taking the slings and arrows for you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it, it's all the same themes. And people are just, you know, they're, they're ready. They're just humanity, Christians, the church. They are all at a point right now where the delusion is just is just ready to be heightened by what's coming next, and yeah. it, it couldn't come at a better
1: time. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think it could.
0: The, and it's, coming mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it's coming fast. Yeah, coming fast too. The, the, uh, na- now yeah. is the time. Now is the time to stay frosty, boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: the, the The angle of the counterfeit signs and wonders has always been interesting to me as well. And uh, you you mentioned Truth Social. Donald Trump recently posted a photo of uh, and he said, uh, my uncle. Dr. John Trump at MIT Long before it was woke And it's uh, I I don't know where he is Some people said he's in front of a large Hadron Collider or something But it's a photo of his uncle Who we've talked about in the past before His uncle was, the story goes uh, Presented with the Tesla papers When Tesla passed away The uh, intelligence folks didn't know what what Was written there, didn't understand it So they inquired uh, Dr. John Trump To try to figure that stuff out Interesting timing for him to post it, knowing that this is the chatter uh, amongst the sort of, you know, rabbit hole type of folk that are uh, really in support of Trump's regime there. So uh, any yeah, thoughts Tesla on Tesla free this?
1: energy. This has always been a big part right. of the, yes. the more, you know, of this group, this uh, crowd. And yeah, to have even that detail sprinkled into the Trump soup is it's almost too much to bear
0: <laughs> yes uh gans i just sent you a picture on twitter dm okay that i think highlights exactly what we're talking about right now uh, are you guys familiar with the us Debt clock
3: yes yes or? yep
0: right yeah and you, they've been posting all these secret messages yeah uh, mm-hmm. you know yeah, about the, you... essentially the dismantling of the old economic system and the rebirth of the new one mm-hmm. well well check out this picture and i don't know if you can put it up
1: on the we got it up we got it up
0: okay cool yeah so we see here it says the old kingdom right under the cabal we see the pyramid and then we see the new kingdom right and then we see on in his right hand we have uh a a lantern which has the tesla logo on it which Mm. i believe symbolizes free energy yeah right He's standing on top of uh, the constellation Virgo, mm. and uh, you know, and on his forehead we see a mark, right. or which represents enlightenment,
1: uh, shining new- third eye type of thing. Yes,
0: yes, and what's funny is that you know, uh, you know, the mark of the beast is also on the forehead or the right hand, mm-hmm. and and I believe, see, most people when they think about the mark of the beast. They're thinking of something cabal aligned. They're thinking of right. a microchip, or they're thinking of uh, a vaccine, or something along those lines. Something that represents tyranny and control, right So they undiscerned. Open tyranny, but, yeah, yeah. Open tyranny, right? Uh, but 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 really, what I think the mark of the beast is going to be is going to be something that humanity sees as a positive thing. It's yeah. something that they're gonna. It's it's gonna symbolize their triumph against the old kingdom and notice at the top of the of the uh new kingdom where it says wealth freedom we have uh uh the symbol for jesus right yeah the fish yeah, and the fish. yeah yes and this is and this is the false christianity this is the false mm-hmm. like i like i was talking about the the, the 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 apostate christianity that gives rise to the beast and this new kingdom is the real beast kingdom. And that old kingdom is the harlot. And and that's exactly what all of this stuff is pointing to. We see in the Q circles, they talk about Nasara Jasara, right? Which is like yeah. essentially a golden age utopia of oh, peace, yeah. prosperity, and security. But I believe that they're actually foreshadowing, inadvertently so, the real beast kingdom, the counterfeit kingdom of God.
1: Isn't absolutely Makes no sense. it's it's yep. incredible and you know i, I he, the the uh the guy in the new kingdom here he's got sort of a red mask on like a almost like a superhero mask it's you know? googly
2: eyes it's vr Ooh. goggles with googly eyes <laughs> that's
1: right he's wearing <laughs> vr yeah And, you know, I'm like, okay, what is that supposed to symbolize? But it's very sort of transhuman, like we'll be superheroes. Yeah, we'll be superheroes. Whatever. Mm -hmm. It could be genetic modification, could be transhumanism and all sorts of other ways. But giving the impression here that, yes, not only will you have a shining third eye on your forehead that, you know, depicts your enlightenment, but look, his arms are buff. He's got a superhero (laughs) mask on. He's (laughs) he's like full-on transhumanist. Yeah. I mean – thank you for bringing that and thank you for breaking this down because this perfectly sort of encapul- encapsulates what you're what i think mm-hmm. is the core of this conversation which is mm-hmm. we think that the beast system will look a certain way we think that victory or defeat looks a certain way and if we were able to predict the reality of those two things, then the then it wouldn't it wouldn't happen. I mean, it, again, God's mm-hmm. sovereignty, these mm-hmm. this has been dictated to happen. We are told it will happen. The avoidance of whatever beast system you know, uh, worlds we think we can avoid because we see it coming or whatever, that would be so unimpressive if we could see it coming from a mile away. The Mm -hmm. impressive thing would be if we had a vision of the world that would defeat our evil vision of the beast system and actually have that be the prison that we build for ourselves. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's too, it's too much to think about, my man. It's, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> you want you You're, want some
2: extra weird stuff, Basil? Yeah.
1: There's an apparent
2: no. uh, there's an apparent uh, birth certificate uh, screenshot of Donald John mm. Trump uh, from June fourteenth, nineteen forty six, and uh, other obvious physical characteristics that'll aid in identification are birthmarks on both heels. And if we go back to Genesis three fifteen, Basil, mm-hmm. remember what God said about the the protoevangelion, the seed of the woman, and the seed yeah. of the serpent.
1: Did he get and, his heels bruised? Uh, his
2: heels, yeah. You will crush his head. He will bruise oh. your heel. Interesting. Okay.
1: Some birthmarks. Some spiritual Whoa. <laughs> marks
2: on Trump's well, heels.
1: <laughs> sh- Donnie, thank you so much for your time, man. I truly think. I, I mean, I I personally feel edified. Uh, by this conversation. I think this is a very important conversation. I appreciate you bringing your perspective to this thing. I think it quite possibly could be the most important conversation or set of considerations that Christians must make now, because we are running Mm -hmm. out of time. If we do not consider these things and act appropriately, prepare ourselves uh, spiritually for, uh, for what's Coming and what's already here, and prepare ourselves uh, to be deceived. Like we need to keep in mind, like the deception will be strong. It will be there Mm -hmm. just because you have an idea of what it looks like. That probably means you don't know what it will look like. This is maybe one of the most important conversations Christians need to be having right now, uh, because there's not too much time left. And, uh, I really appreciate your perspective and the work you do, Donnie. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's funny. I, it's funny how I was like, "Oh yeah, we'll be on for like an hour." Three hours later,
2: <laughs> no, I love no. It. This no, is I, this is classic this is canary cry. This has been it's it's a, it's a watershed moment for our show because anytime we have awesome guests on and we get talking, uh, they go about three hours. So you're yeah, you're in good company yeah, yeah. when it comes to good conversations on the podcast over the and, last twelve years.
1: Yeah, and thank you for nice. being flexible. Yeah, I mean, I was just telling Gons before the show starts. I'm like, how much do we have with them? He's like, oh, probably an hour or something. I was like, dude, we got to start asking for more than an hour. This is, <laughs> I, it's just, you know, we got to go bigger and longer. So thank you very much uh, for being so generous. And <clears throat> of course, folks, at Danny Darkened, I'm sorry, Donnie, D-O-N-N-I-E, Darkened, what do you want people to do? what do you want where do they go?
0: oh yeah, yeah, if if people want to learn more about this, uh, f- uh you can find me at Donnie Darkend, uh twitter. uh you can and uh i i, I think uh, another really good source is uh I, like i said e511 ministries on rumble. he has a youtube channel uh that he put back up after his own one got deleted, but just go to his rumble channel. just go to rumble.com/e511ministries and just, I mean, he's got dozens and dozens of hours of content that is focused solely on this. Uh, I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think he believes Trump is the Antichrist quite yet. Uh, but uh, you know, I, you know, but, but hey, when it comes to this great yeah, I think, I think, I think that if things go down the way that the trajectory shows, I think he'll get there. Um, but he really opened my eyes to the the larger deception. That's outside of Trump, right? Because a yeah. lot of people think like, oh, you know, no one's a lot of uh, like uh, one of the big criticisms that people say to me is like, oh, well, how are, how is Trump going to convince everyone that he's God? And it's like, right. well, look, the serpent, you know, didn't try to convince Eve that the serpent was God. The mm. serpent tried to convince Eve that she was God. Right. That's Jeez. the deception. Right. That's Mind the lie. Blown. Yeah. 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 So it's not it's not necessarily about Trump. But it's about the the grander uh, deception or lie of the serpent, the culmination of the serpent's first lie. And Trump, if he is the antichrist or whoever it is, is going to be the harbinger of that. Oh my gosh! That makes
1: sense. It's so true. You could not you could not convince someone that you are God. You cannot, you know, we've, we've seen it. People try, start cults, blah, blah. It doesn't work out very well. It's, you cannot convince somebody else that you are God, but you can convince them that they are God. That is uh-huh. a much easier task. My goodness! It just I, keeps I, dropping bombs, even in the the, the, the the last <laughs> goodbye of the podcast. Well, I, I, I was just looking at that
2: image, and I, I don't know if we, that we did a great job describing it for our audio-only listeners. It's that picture you sent us um, of the debt clock and the the, the recent okay. uh, little thing. So you had the old kingdom and the pyramid, debt serfdom, and a guy sort of grayed out a little bit. He's holding some wheat, I guess, wheat and some flowers, a bucket of cash. And a, and a ball and chain with the, the United States seal on it. And he's standing on a stone circular thing. And on the right side, like you had mentioned, uh, the the fish symbol, new kingdom, wealth, freedom, all shiny. The third eye, has got the mask on or the, the eyepiece. He's got the shirt. He's got the Tesla energy thing that he's holding in his right hand. And he's holding the Constitution in his left hand or the Bill of Rights or whichever one that is. It says, we the people which declaration is a, of declaration of independence so he's appealing to that and on the bottom um it, you know he's standing on a portal type thing i think that clock with the roman numerals is the back to the future clock tower clock ah. <laughs> and that's yeah, a whole nother we're gonna thing. We're going to get some that, time travel. Sweet. Well, I, I there's another person Isn't that, that I wanted to, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to get um, Biff Don and just chat with him. Cause he, he's the guy oh, saying yeah. that, uh, you know, a little bit more fringy, <laughs> more fringy than what we had. A, a, the, the conversation we had today where he's suggesting that, you know, all the predictive programming for Trump was, uh, was displayed with the character of Biff and back to the future. Oh, interesting. And he's, he's outlined a whole thing there. And, and there's some interesting things to point out, but, yeah, I just wanted to 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 tell people who are just listening that yes, he's holding the we the people. And I think that's kind of the big kicker
1: as well. Right. It's not just third you eye would, I think it's the You would mm-hmm. have to manipulate people with what they value. And if we value the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, those types of things, those are the tools uh with mm-hmm. which we'll get lured in. You don't lure a rat into a trap with, you know, whatever well, I guess you could lure <laughs> a rat a trap with a lot of stuff, but you do it with something it likes, not with something it doesn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, hey, we're going to check out E511 Ministries. Put in a good word yes. for us, Donnie. We're going to, maybe we've got to get I've, that guy on.
0: I've never talked to him before, actually. Uh, no way. Yeah. Right. yeah, I
2: remember his videos from years ago, uh, years and years ago. I think uh, I know Rob Skiba was into some of the stuff he talked about. I forget the exact video that I I came across this stuff, but it was it was I, I want to say ten years ago. My gosh, I'm just so old. I okay. should just yeah. I should just go lay down in the corner.
1: No, this is this is <laughs> this is all we have, guns. You and I, buddy. <laughs> you and me, we're doing this forever. Yeah. Um, okay. One last attempt at letting you go, Donnie. Thank you very much, Donnie Darkened. Everybody, go check him out uh, at Donnie Darkened on Twitter and wherever else he is. Make sure to check him out and uh, give him a shout-out. Say hi to him. Say, heard you on Canary Cry. That'll be important. Um, And, uh, yeah, we hope that you enjoy this most important conversation to ever happen at the perfect time. Thank you very much, Donnie.
0: Thank you so much, guys. I really enjoyed the conversation. God bless you all. And I hope to be on again. Maybe when more stuff goes down, we can, we can do this again with some updated information. huh?
1: Absolutely. Amen. We need the, the sure. Donnie darkened update. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. My goodness. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, was not expecting, was not expecting to get so fired <laughs> up, but man there's a reason Donnie Darkened is Donnie Darkened, And, you know, there's a lot of chat, a lot of chat, a lot of chat about what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, the Trump issue, the, the politics, the geopolitics, the wars, the rumors of wars, all these things. And it's so easy to let your focus slip a little bit and get a little too caught up in trying to figure things out and keeping that sort of Christ mind as your primary focus, uh, is I think maybe one of the most important things we can consider right now. Guns.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I think you and I doing news talk, it's easy to get caught up in the sort of day to day headlines. And, and certainly there's a place for that. And I think that's where people need to start. If they're on the journey to discover the truth or something, they have to sort of. It's
1: kind of where you develop, you develop the basics. You got to build
2: up the foundation. And then as time goes on, I think there's, this is a great time to have this conversation because there is, if you're not really in it and you're pushing for Trump and you're all in and doing that, I, I feel that people are having fatigue because they're not, being heard you know, they're not being heard from any angle from from if you're even people that are liberal or democrat or whatever those folks that may have some type of criticism of trump that could be valid they're not even being heard because of the the, the wave of populism and everything else so right. it's it's just an interesting time and i hope the conversation at the very least convicts people to i don't know step back and again reprioritize uh you yeah, gotta have I gotta both. Have both. You
1: gotta have both. You got you gotta have that mind for truth. You gotta have that love for truth. You gotta have that discernment for truth. Uh, but we also need to have our primary focus set on Christ, and they complement each other. We know people, we know Christians who are not interested at all in the truth of what's going on. And we know truthers who have no interest at all in in Christ. It takes both, but of course, Christ as the primary uh, mode of going through this world. Uh, Very, very important. I think this is maybe one of the most important things that we've uh, conversations we've had on the show recently. Of course, they're all important, but uh, you know, it's it, as far as protecting one's own mind and soul in these times. Yeah, it's, yeah. It doesn't I, get much more. I important I, than I that.
2: really think that's important because, you know, even if Donald Trump does not turn out to be the Antichrist, uh, the him letting people down in one form or another is going to happen. I mean, some could even argue that it already has with the whole pandemic and the vaccines and all that kind of stuff. He
1: is but he a is man. He is but a man.
2: So. I think it's good for people to prepare, at the very least, to step back from, if if you find yourself in sort of the messianic fervor of Trump, uh, to not set yourself up for disappointment even in just sort of the worldly sense, you know? We're talking spiritual.
1: Yeah, it will set up for disappointment or set up, set up, for, up for complete deception. deception.
2: Right, right. So the, the disappointment right, would be both. A, both are possible. a better outcome than the total deception.
1: I was going to say that might be the win <laughs> yeah, condition yeah. is just being right, disappointed. Right, right.
2: Um, but yeah. Well uh-huh. oh i was no, just go gonna ahead. say Sorry. that the I conversation was, was was great and i think I, it was good to see you great. get fired up i mean you were in the chat telling me to, to hush down up. i mean the whole thing it
1: was <laughs> i know i know. I'm like, God, <laughs> i didn't talk it. for like an hour i don't want to talk about nfts well no it we was not no, no. to it wasn't to bring up
2: and talk about nfts it was in the context I of know. trump's vehicle of technology which i think he proved the point with that that little visual of the the deck clock uh pointing to the guy yeah, standing on the uh
1: little portal and all that so um Yes, combination of of sets of ideas there. Um, Yeah, well, we hope you enjoyed it as well, folks. And if you didn't, too bad, we liked it. (laughs) And so that's what matters. It's just Uh for us. Um, And as you know, maybe you're new to the show. I'm actually positive that this episode will bring in uh, a whole slew of new listeners. Welcome. Uh, to the show, of course, you might be listening to this on Canary Cry Radio, which is our interview style show, or you might be listening to this on the Canary Cry News Talk feed, which we do Uh, multiple times a week, getting more into the headlines and dissecting, analyzing, deconstructing the news through the lens of biblical prophecy. So if you like this conversation, you're going to like that show too. Uh, But more importantly, you'll notice we have no advertisements, no nothing. We are on the value for value model, which means we take no money from corporations, commies, or cartels. There is no middleman between our existence and your ears, the value you receive. A value for value is very simple. We consider it to be a biblical concept. Uh, This is not transactional. You will always get the show for free. We put all the good stuff out. We're not holding back any premium content. We're not doing nothing. You've already received the value that we have to offer, but uh, you have the opportunity to become a producer of the show. And that is not just a cute title. If you produce something, you are a producer. And for those who get value from this show, they consider putting some value back in and it's value. That's why we don't say money, we say value. It could be in the form of your time, your talent, or your treasure, lots of ways to produce the show. And that's exactly what you become a true producer. And uh, yeah, again, it's not transactional, you do not put value back into this show because of the value you've already received, you do it because you want to receive more value. It's a generative system and uh, we're very grateful to all of our producers. There's a lot of ways to do it. If you're new, if you're an artist, you can create some art for the show. If you're a musician, you can create some music, some jingles for the show. Uh, The the, the possibilities are endless. We have people who volunteer their time doing all sorts of back end processes that are essential for keeping this community going. And of course, the financial producers uh, are so blessed so blessed and generous to make sure that all of this can uh, continue into the future. So If you receive some value, you want to continue receiving value, you believe in disconnecting yourself from the beast economic system, which requires, in other cases, requires that podcasters like us gain as much of your time and attention and your trust as possible just for us to turn around and sell your time, your trust, your attention to advertisers for our own personal gain. We are divesting ourselves from that system and going with the value for value system. And uh, if you'd like to support the show in any way, you can go to canarycry.support. It's a URL, put it in your address bar, you can get information on all the ways that you can produce the show. Uh, And of course, thank you to all of our producers uh, for making this episode happen. It would not happen without you. Right now, if you if you're wondering, yeah, I, okay, I kind of get it. You guys had a good episode. I don't really know what you're going to do with the money though. I don't know what the I don't know what you guys do. Well, you can go to canarycry.tube. Now, I know it's a horrible URL. It just happened to be one we had laying around that we needed. We are actively under assault on the big streaming platforms. Uh, It only took two weeks for YouTube to give us two strikes Uh, for episodes. We did two years ago, (laughs) they went back into our archives uh, to ban us for stuff that's been here forever. Uh, And it has become obvious that of course it's an election year. They're clamping down. They do not want this show going. And it's not even that we are revealing truths that other Uh, shows are not revealing. That is kind of what I think is so relevant to the conversation we just had. There are other secular shows revealing the corruption, revealing the deceptions, revealing what's going on in the world, and they don't get banned. It is the spiritual aspect of this show. It is the revolutionary idea that maybe we should be careful about what we yoke ourselves to spiritually. That is what they find so uh, threatening to the system. And that is why we're taking back our streaming sovereignty. We are building the infrastructure to not have to rely on the big streaming platforms just to exist on the internet. We're getting our own hardware. We're building the system uh, that no tech platform can kick us off of. And you can find out more at canarycry.tube. And you can uh, support support us there. Here's the idea. The idea is, hey, Netflix, Hulu, Prime, all these Disney Plus, they hate us. They hate what we're doing. And it's not, again, it's not just they hate. We're talking about you know the weird great reset yeah, yeah. geopolitical deep Bill state Gates struggle vaccines. that's happening yeah. all over the place they hate us because of our spiritual views the idea that morality is rooted in a god that is forever that is the threatening that is the most threatening concept uh, to big tech companies that are convincing us that morality is whatever we want, to follow our whims, to chase immediate pleasure at any chance we get, to feel ourselves gods, that uh, we are the only Messiah we need. That is what's so threatening. And so we will soon, eventually completely kicked off of the big tech platforms Uh, the hope is that we can get this infrastructure in place installed and supported before that happens so that we can keep doing what we pray is kingdom work so go to canarycry.tube and uh, cancel cancel one of your streaming platforms you don't gotta cancel all of them they hate (laughs) you and we pay them money they hate you and we pay them money specifically for hating us and it's so hard to get out of it but there is a movement a revolution of canary cry listeners all around the world who are canceling a streaming platform and instead of sending that money into the pit uh, that is so desperately trying to draw the rest of us into we are putting those resources those god-given resources towards building the parallel economy building the parallel internet building the parallel media infrastructure that takes our destiny out of the hands of those in charge and if that sounds like something that inspires you that you want to see happen uh both on a local level for this show and on a broader level for the world Please consider canceling one of your streaming services. Go to canarycry.tube and sign up to support us on a monthly basis there. You will immediately be put on the list to be on the Age of Deceit for uh, uh, focus group. Gons is working on another movie. I don't know. I'm sure there's people listening to this right now who have previously not listened to Canary Cry. New stalker Canary Cry Radio, but are aware of the Age of Deceit films, some OG <laughs> serious Christian truther history making documentaries uh, from the early 2010s that brought a lot of people around, not just to the true things that are happening behind the scenes on a global level, but also the spiritual realm. If you are one of those, There's another one coming out, but we need you on the focus group. We are in a place now, technologically and community-wise, that Gans doesn't need to go into a dark closet, create a film. Why not? And uh, (laughs) do it in privacy and secret and stress about, am I doing a good job? Am I not doing a good job? Is this going to live up to my previous films? Oh, no, no. We need you and your brain, your opinions, your eyeballs, and your ears to piece by piece help Gons perfect this film. And you'll be put on the list if you go to canarycry.tube and sign up to support that project monthly. It's incredibly important. It is a serious movement. And uh, I get it. If you're new, you want to get some more value before committing, I understand. We've got years and years and years and years of Content for you to check out, we encourage you to do that. And we hope you join us in this yeah. session. Canary Gray, yep. not too? Any last yeah, words, Gans?
2: I, the knee-jerk reaction that I hear a lot of people have when, when bringing this up or something like this up, and especially if we say, hey, yeah. YouTube took down our channel again, another strike, people say, oh, you guys have a rumble? You guys have Rumble. Where's Rumble? Yeah. Where's your Rumble page? Yes. Rumble, Rumble, Rumble. Right. And right. yes, we have a Rumble page. We've had it yes, for a while. We do have a Rumble. And we started noticing uh-huh. similar types of very soft censorship that Rumble is doing yep. that mimics and and it, for, if you if you weren't around you wouldn't know this, but it's the same type of thing we started seeing, 2012, 2013, 2014. It's the early, the early stages, soft censorship yeah. that happened on youtube like a decade ago rumble's doing and you know it's it's no surprise because as of the end of last year and i i really like showing this because i think it shakes people up you just go to yahoo here this is rumble inc you know nasdaq it's a share you can buy it Uh, some stock here top institutional holders you got Cantor fitzgerald you have vanguard state street And BlackRock. Yep. And yeah, you scroll down, you got Rockefeller, yep. Charles Schwab. All the big names are in. They're all, all the in on Rumble.
1: All the same They companies. know
2: that the people are moving away from YouTube and they like the conservative flavor to their content. So Rumble is, uh, unfortunately, it, it seems better right now, but I don't know.
1: Why would they? Why would they not take... The money to continue to perpetuate the false dichotomy between left and right. It is not about left and right Republican Democrat. It is a uniparty. It is the deep state. It is the oligarchy. It is the kleptocracy. It is the beast system that is ruling this world. That also owns Rumble, so no wonder they would pull the same actions on the same people for the same reasons, particularly spiritual reasons. That is what they want to soft censor, and this is how it starts. We are not guaranteed a future on Rumble. We've seen that. We've already seen. We've seen it's it's happened. It's not not. We've it's it's they have done the thing. <laughs> it's already the, the soft, soft censorship is happening on Rumble. The the limiting. The unsubscribing people. who subscribe to us. We've gone through it before. It's going to happen on Rumble. We hope that something happens, but we cannot guarantee it. And that is why streaming sovereignty is the answer Two spiritually minded biblical worldview dissections of what's going on in the world because they don't care about your politics. It's not about politics. They do not care about what you say politically. They care about your mind, they care about your spiritual position. If you don't think you're God, you are a threat to them. They want you thinking that you are the most powerful thing in the world. And that all you got to do is take a side and fight for it. They do not want your Christ-centered mind looking at the world, revealing their secrets, and ultimately being non-compliant to the system that presents itself as two different sides. But it's just two different hands to the same entity, two different sides to the same coin. So streaming sovereignty is the ultimate goal, and we cannot do it. Without you, go to uh and please consider getting it's, involved it's, there. It's such a
2: great example of this entire conversation where it's like, yeah, you get censorship on YouTube and then, you know, the rise of the other side and then getting censored by them, too. It's everything. So like, okay, well, it's not, it's not fun saying, being man. in the middle or at least the narrow path, if this,
1: you will. This conversation with Donnie Darkin encapsulates so much more than was just discussed in the conversation. What was discussed here encapsulates everything, everything going on in the world. And it's hard to see unless you've got eyes to see. It is truly this Christ-centered clarity that will come... Uh, when we make sure to refocus on a daily basis the mode by which we're moving through this world once you uh, uh, once your spiritual eyes are open you'll realize that this conversation applies to everything and then it's not about who's getting into the white house it's not about who's you know uh who owns what company necessarily this is not about anything this is a spiritual battle and satan is the little g god of this world that's we are told that in the scriptures and uh to consider anything of this world uh a honest pure manifestation of reality is a silly kids table thing to think nowadays. So we hope that that became apparent. Uh, And we hope you explore more with us. We don't have all the answers, but we're trying our best to stay Christ centered as we explore it all. Uh, Anything else we should tell the people about? I think that's it. I think that's it. That's the, that's the most important stuff. Um, But yeah, remember, time, talent, treasure, lots of ways to do it. We hope you uh, stick around, check out more of what we do, and become a part of the family. And uh, we hope you, well, enjoyed this. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. We hope you tune in next time. But until then, think outside the case. Value for value. We take no money from corporations, commies, or cartels. Canary Cry, not support.
0: I will say one thing though. I love Canary Cry News Talk. It's got everything. It's the best podcast. I think outside the cage. You know what I mean? Hit the subscribe button. It's not fake news, not at all.